RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. Good evening, everyone. A fastball right down the middle of the play. One strike to count to Alfredo Griffin. Alfredo comes into the game tonight, a 256 hitter with two home runs and 39 RBI. Against the Orioles this year, he's a 193 hitter. The Orioles trailing the Yankees in the American League East by five games. The next pitch to Griffin. There's a soft liner out into center field. Bumbrey has it measured, makes the catch. Alfredo Griffin is off. You better believe there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. Anything can happen in this game of baseball. The Toronto Blue Jays played the Yankees tough, winning one of three in Yankee Stadium. Louis Leal pitching a two-hitter against the Yankees last night. The Red Sox are in Yankee Stadium tonight. We'll keep you up to date on that game. The Red Sox were giving it up last week to the Toronto Blue, uh, to the uh, Yankees in Fenway Park, losing four games. Damaso Garcia, ground ball to the left side by Belanger into center field for a base hit. Garcia singles to center field. But the Red Sox have played better in Yankee Stadium this year than they have in their home of Fenway Park. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. Bomber last Sunday worked seven and two-thirds innings against this Toronto club. Gave up only one earned run. That was a solo home run to John Mayberry. He was not the pitcher of record. The Orioles and Dennis Martinez lost that game an extra innings. In that game, three home runs for Eddie Murray. Howell is the batter with a runner at first base. Hitting 257 coming into the game tonight with eight home runs and 48 RBIs. Tommaso Garcia is the runner at first base. He has 12 stolen bases on the year. He's been caught stealing 13 times. to first. Here's the first pitch to Howell. It's high. One ball and no strikes to call. Lowenstein straight away in left field. Bumbrey shaded to the left field side and center. Singleton well off the line in right. That's the Oriole outfield. Lowenstein, Bumbrey, and Singleton. Throw to first and the runner is back. Around the infield, Eddie Murray's at first. Dower is at second base tonight. Belanger at short. The sensei is at third and Graham is behind the plate. Here's the 1-0 delivery. Breaking pitch. Swinging at a miss. One ball and one strike. Roy Howell in the series in Toronto, the four games, played some very, very good defense. He'll be a free agent this year, and the Orioles may take a look at him. They're going to need some third-base backup help if DeSense has that operation. Palmer again looks to Graham for the sign. Here's the pitch to Howell, and he lines one. A vicious line shot off to the left side into the box seats, and it looked like uh, nobody was injured on that one. Mayberry. 
There's one out, no score of the game. We're just getting underway. Jim Palmer looking for victory number 16. The runner goes, here's the pitch, ground ball out to Belanger. He cannot make the play at second. To throw to first in time is enough to get off. So Howell has retired 6-3. Garcia was running on the pitch, and he gets to second base with no problem. You look at Palmer's record, 15 and 10 this year, and people say, well, Palmer's had kind of an off year. I think too many people expect 20 wins every season from Jim Palmer. He could wind up with 17 or 18 victories, and that is pretty good. In fact, it's very good in Major League Baseball, 17 or 18 wins. Palmer has been pitching in some very tough luck at times this year. You can look back at a few games he lost. Two outs now, and here's Mayberry. Has a 10-game hitting streak on the line tonight, and he has five home runs in 10 games. Batting 248, 26 home runs, 77 RBIs, and Graham and Palmer are having a bit of a communication problem, and Jim wants to get it straightened out, so Danny hustles off the mound. hitting 229 against the Orioles this year. Tommaso Garcia is the runner at second base. Palmer gets the sign now. He'll look back to second. Here's a pitch to Mayberry, and it's high, and inside, one ball and no strikes to count. The on-deck batter is the designated hitter, Steve Braun. to second. Here's Palmer's pitch and that's low. Two balls and no strikes. Of course, Palmer realizes that Mayberry went deep against him last Sunday in Toronto. He'll be careful with him. He was trying not to walk Mayberry when he fed him the fat pitch last Sunday that went out of the ballpark. A look to second. Here's the next pitch and a breaking pitch again. Does not find the strike zone. Three balls and no strikes to come. Palermo is the home plate umpire tonight. Palmer and Palermo had run in after run in in Detroit recently when the two met. Palermo was behind the plate. He's considered one of the best ball and strike umpires in the league, but he's had problems with Palmer. The next pitch to Mayberry is high, and he walks. So Mayberry walks on four pitches, and that will bring up Steve Ron. Steve started the year with the Kansas City Royals. He was released by the Royals and then picked up by the Toronto Blue Jays. I remember seeing a telegram at Earl Weaver's office from Steve after he was released. The telegram said something to the effect, have big league experience, will travel. And he wound up with the Toronto Blue Jays. Palmer, who has a photographic memory, will tell you that when Palermo has been behind the plate, here's the pitch by Jim, and a fastball is a call strike as it hits the letters just in the other portion of the plate. With Palermo behind the plate, Palmer's record is one win and six losses. Runners at first and second. One strike delivery is on the way, and a breaking pitch is high. One ball, one strike to come. In fact, Palmer's beefing with Palermo led to the ejection of Earl Weaver in Detroit. The runners at first and second. Here's the pitch. And it's ball two. Two balls and one strike to come. Palmer's earned run average is 3.84. He's making his 31st start tonight. He's 2-0 against the Blue Jays this year. 
We mentioned he worked Sunday and was not involved in a decision. He beat them on June the 25th here, 6-3. to three. Here's the 2-1 delivery. Line drive, center field, base hit. Bumbrey charges. The runner is rounding third. It gets by Bumbrey. And Garcia will score easily. Mayberry will go down to third base now. They will have no play at second. So the Toronto Blue Jays take a one to nothing lead. Singles to center field. Garcia comes home on the play. It got by Bumbrey. So Mayberry took the opportunity on the error by Bumbrey to allow Braun to go to second base, and Mayberry is now at third. And Lloyd Mosley is up. on the air, a 237 hitter with eight home runs and 39 RBIs. He hits the Orioles at a 308 clip this year with two home runs. Runners at second and third. Palmer to the left-hander Mosby, a breaking pitch banged on the ground by Eddie Murray down the line. One run will score as Mayberry comes across with a second run. Here comes Braun with a third run. Mosby goes into second with a stand-up double down the line in right field, and it's three to nothing, Toronto. That ball got by Eddie Murray right on the line at first base. Scoring two more runs, three runs on three hits. Griffin started the inning, and he was out on a fly ball to center. Garcia then singled, Howell grounded off. Mayberry walked and Braun singled, and now Mosby is double. is a 243 hitter with a home run and 16 RBIs. But lifetime against Palmer, a 387 hitter, 12 for 31. The lone runner at second base now is Mosby. Palmer's fastball is banged on the ground, out to Belanger, picks it up on the short hop, throw the first in time to retire Baylor 6-3, but not before the Blue Jays pick up three runs on three hits at the end of half of his play. The score is Toronto 3, Baltimore manager, Earl Weaver, says the New York Yankees are going to have to win the American League East flag on their own without relying on the Orioles to lose. The Birds edging another half game closer to the Yanks on Thursday by downing Detroit 7-3. To Ken Singleton's two-run single in the seventh snapped a 3-3 tie and put Baltimore ahead to stay. The Yankees split a pair of decisions with the Toronto Blue Jays. They won the completion of the game suspended from Wednesday night 8-7 to in 13 innings. Toronto's Lewis Leo fired a two-hitter to give the Jays a two-to-one win in the regularly scheduled contest. The Bronx Bombers now lead the East by five with 16 to play. And realistically, it's going to be awfully tough for the Orioles. You know, you get into situations like this where you're talking about the mathematical prospects, and of course, mathematically, the Orioles are not eliminated. But realistically, it's going to be awfully tough. But then you can start talking realism with the Philadelphia Phillies, can't you? Back in about, oh, what, 1964 or so, they blew that big league. So there's always a chance, and that's what makes the game of baseball so interesting. Anything can happen. The Kansas City Royals will play either the Yanks or the Orioles in the American League playoffs. Kansas City slugger George Brett serving notice to both clubs that he's over the effects of a hand injury. Brett went two for three to raise his average to 398 as the Royals bumped California five to two. Brett is now four for eight in the two games since his return. Well, the Orioles are uh, in that 
that groove again. I don't know whether you should call it a groove. Perhaps a rut might be a better way of describing it. I haven't got the numbers at my fingertips, but it seems so frequently in this month of September, they have spotted the opposition a couple, two or three runs in the very first inning. And it has happened again tonight. Toronto leading three to nothing. Bumbley Dower single will start the Orioles in an effort to get caught up immediately. And they're out against Jackson Todd in his most recent start last Sunday in Toronto. This young right-hander went eight and one-third innings, allowed two runs. Both of those were Eddie Murray home runs. He gave up six hits, but did not figure in the 13 innings, four to three Toronto victory. Todd tonight makes his ninth start of the year. He has completed three of his previous eight starts. 59 innings, 59 base hits. He has pitched to an earned run of 3.36. In eight starts, Todd has been touched for eight home runs. Well, here is Al Bumbrey. Al having an outstanding year, hitting 312 on the year, and he needs just 19 more base hits for 200. Be tough, but it's not impossible. Tom? Well, Al is hitting 29 of his last 34 games at a 331 with 50 for 151. Lead-off batter for the Orioles, Bumbrey, will be followed by Dower and Singleton. The Birds need three to catch up to Toronto. We're only in the first inning. Here's the pitch to Bumbrey, and a fastball is low. One ball and no strikes to count. As Chuck told you, Todd had the Orioles in a headlock in Toronto last Sunday. Until the eighth inning, the only runs off him came on Eddie Murray home runs. The attempt to bunt is from bunted foul into the box. Jackson Todd was called up from Syracuse August the 8th, and he's already compiled a 4-1 record. He's doing better with Toronto than he did with Syracuse. He was 7-9 when he was called up. Making his ninth start, he has three complete games. Looking for his fourth consecutive win. 1-1 delivery to Bunbury. Fastball lined over the head. Griffin uh, out into center field for a base hit. So Bunbury singles to left center, and the Orioles have a hitting start. First inning. That'll bring up Rich Dower. Now Dower performed the unusual last night. He struck out. Only the 16th time the Dower has fanned this year in 551 plate appearances. He's called the toughest strikeout of the American League. Has a 281 average, one home run of 56 RBI. Throw to first and Bumbry is back. Of course, Al is always a threat to go with 40 stolen bases. He's only been caught stealing nine times. Dodd looks to first base. Here's the pitch to Dower. Bounces in the dirt in front of the plate. So the count is two balls and no strikes. In the outfield tonight, Hudson. Paul Hudson is in left. The versatile Bob Baylor is playing center field tonight. And Mosby is in right field. Witt is behind the play. Powell at third. And Griffin is at short. Garcia at second. Mayberry's at first. Todd, throw to first, and Bumbry dives back in safely. He was released from the Phillies organization in spring training last year and signed on to Syracuse and was called up by Toronto at the end of the year. Made his major league debut in the National League with the Mets in 1977. In 59 innings pitched so far since being called up, he's given up eight home runs. Walking 24, striking out 27. A look to Bumbrey. There he goes. Here's the pitch. The throw to second base. Bumbrey flags and he's safe. And the count on 
the contenders in the National League East all have the day off for rest and travel Thursday. First place, Montreal resuming action in St. Louis. Second place, Philadelphia playing in Chicago. That game is already completed, and Chicago won it in the bottom of the ninth inning. Smith, the winner. Brewster, the loser. Four runs, nine hits, and two errors for the Cubs. Three runs, eight hits, and no errors for the Phils. Third place, Pittsburgh hosting the New York Mets. And the Expos leading the Phils by a game and a half of the Pirates by five. But right now, the Phils are out by two. Well, we'll go now to the top of the second inning. Three to one, the Blue Jays. Palmer against Paul Hutchin. Here's Tom. Mr. Palmer swing and a miss. Hodgson is playing tonight because Barry Bunnell is back in Toronto, or was back in Toronto yesterday, as Mrs. Bunnell gave birth to the Bunnell's third child, a 10-pound baby boy. Palmer's one-strike pitch, it's a ball, one ball and one strike to come. delivery and it's fouled off to the right side. Paul Hudson signed with the Blue Jays in 1977 when he was 17 years old. The Blue Jays lead it by a score of 3-1, to one, coming up with three runs on three hits in the first inning. Palmer's next pitch hits the ball, two balls and two strikes to come. We'll see Hudson, Witt, and Griffin in this inning for the Blue Jays. Jim works again. The next pitch, line drive, center field, solid base hit for Paul Hudson. And the fourth hit given up by Jim Palmer. The catcher, number 30 Witt, the catcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, steps in against Jim Palmer, a 242 hitter with five home runs and 23 RBIs, the left-hander. And we see some activity out the Oriole bullpen as Dennis Martinez is up and warming. Dennis was the loser against the Toronto Blue Jays last Sunday as he came out of the bullpen in extra innings and just didn't have it. So look to first, here's the pitch, it's high. We mentioned to you that Palmer beat the Toronto Blue Jays in a complete game 6-3 here June the 25th. On July 1st, he went eight and two-thirds innings against the Toronto, defeating them by a score of 2-0. Tippy Martinez came in to pick up a save in that game. Seven and four lifetime against Toronto. So look to first to throw that way, and the runner is back in time. These two teams will play tomorrow night. That again on Sunday afternoon. Bombers pitch, sails high, two balls, no strikes to come. The Yankee-Boston Red Sox game is just about to get underway in Yankee Stadium. As soon as we get a score, we'll pass it along to you. Again, with a look to first, here comes the 2-0 delivery, ball three, three balls and no strikes to count. There's been very little jawing or beefing about Steve Palermo's call of balls and strikes tonight as Palmer has just been out of the strike zone time after time, and he is usually a very good control pitcher. Walking 67 this year while striking out 99. 3-0 delivery, it's high, no question about it. Pause now for station identification. This is the Baltimore Orioles Baseball Network. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. Well, there's nobody out for the Blue Jays. Hudson single to open the inning. He's just gone to second on the walk to Ernie Witt. And now Ray Miller is out having a talk with Jim Palmer as Dennis Martinez 
continues to warm in the Oreo bullpen. Now Palermo's going to go out and try to break up this mound conference. Chuck? A while ago, we wondered aloud uh, how many times Orioles starting pitchers have given the opposition a lead in the first inning here in the month of September. Seems as though that's happened quite a few times. Well, really it hasn't. It's happened only six times in the month of September and four times the Oakland A's. back at the 80 season if the Orioles don't win it and you're looking at what happened down the stretch you look at the Oakland A's and the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays splitting a series last weekend Oakland coming to town taking three out of four runners at first and second here's the pitch yeah, he squares the butt it's right back to the mound Palmer picks it up he'll go to third base and the runner at third base is out well Palmer took the gamble and it paid off
The inning started with a base hit by Hodgson. Witt then walked. Hodgson was cut down as Griffin reached on a 1-5 force. Garcia's down on strikes. One strike to count to Howell. Left-handed hitter against Palmer. The pitch to him, and he fouls one off. Looks like it might make the upper deck on the left side. And it does. Rex Barney might give that man an error. Like he looked like he had the ball, didn't it, Bill Roth? Huh? And then just let it fall out of his hands. Last night at Yankee Stadium, Roy Howell hit an inside the park home run in that uh, suspended game. It looked like the Blue Jays were going to walk off with it, but the Yankees came up with four runs to tie it, then won it in the 13th. Came up with four in the 10th. Here's the pitch. It's a cold strike three on a changeup from Palmer to Howell. Money winner spectacular bid is the solid favorite in a field of three for Saturday's Woodward Stakes at New York's Belmont Park. The first leg of the championship series, the Marlboro Cup, belongs to Winter's Tail, a speedy gelding who captured the event by four and a half lengths two weeks ago. Trainer Bud Delph insists that it doesn't matter whether there are two or 22 horses in the race. He says, we're great shape right now and we are ready. The Woodward, a wait-for-age race, should be a three-horse contest between Bid, Winter's Tail, and Speedy Dr. Patches. Belmont Stakes winner Temperance Hill is also in it, but will be scratched unless Bid or Winter's Tail are withdrawn first. Linebacker John Mooring, cut by the Detroit Lions earlier this season, has signed with the injury play Cleveland Browns to fill the vacancy left by Jerry Shirk. Mooring, a 6'3", 230-pounder who was released by the Lions after the first regular season game, and the 23-year-old was an eighth-round pick by Detroit last year. San Diego Clippers coach Paul Silas has announced his retirement as a player after 16 seasons and brought some three NBA championship teams. Silas was hired in the offseason as a player coach, but feels it would be impossible to devote his total energies to coaching if he is still active as a player. Silas was 17 games short of breaking John Havlicek's record of 1,270 games. In 16 seasons, he scored 11,782 points and grabbed 12,357 rebounds. Nobody was going to get anything by him in a heavy fall. Here's a two-on-delivery ground ball on the right side. 
It's picked up by Garcia, puts it underhanded to Mayberry at first, and Lowenstein is down for three. In fact, Bob Baylor made a catch down the line in left field. A great catch in that game. You just saw him come up at the last minute, and some of the Orioles are suspicious about Bobby Baylor, the veteran. Maybe he had a baseball in his back pocket. Here's the pitch. Line drive right field. That will fall in for a base hit. 
situation. The odds were with the pitcher, but Graham just lines one off the right field for a base hit. Only the second Oriole hit of the night. Off of Jackson Todd. The Sensei, 244 batting average, 12 home runs, 53 RBI. And he's a 375 hitter against the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Takes a short lead at first base. Tom looks that way, and here's the pitch to the sensei. Swing and a miss, and a ball with his way out of the strike zone. Belanger is on deck. One strike pitch, ground ball to the left side. The high hop played by Griffin. The throw to second base is in time to cut down Graham of the fourth and end the inning. At the end of two innings to play, the score remains Toronto 3, Baltimore 1. The Philadelphia Flyers have been fined $5,000 by the National Hockey League. The fine was levied because of the criticism by the Flyers of the National Hockey League officiating after the final game of the Stanley Cup Series this spring. In that series, the New York Islanders defeated the Flyers four games to two. Fort Lauderdale Strikers may have a little bit of the New York Cosmos in them after all. Through the years, the Cosmos have resembled a long-running soap opera, the feuding triangle of players, coaches, and upper management. But this time around, Coach Heinrich Weiswater has resorted some sense of order to the Cosmos and have abandoned most of the melodrama. Fort Lauderdale getting ready for Sunday's soccer bowl in Washington has earned its share of theatrical credits this season. Coach Cor Vanderhart has openly quarreled with his players. General Manager Bob Limo has blamed Vanderhart for the team's erratic play, and that dispute had to be resolved by the owners. But the Strikers finished the regular season with an 18-14 record and won three straight playoff series against California, Edmonton, and San Diego to win the American Conference. The Detroit Pistons have signed their number one draft choice this year, Larry Drew, 6'2 and weighs 180. He played for Missouri, where he set a career record for assists. No terms were announced. The two main rivals for the number one ranking in men's tennis, Bjorn Borg of Sweden and John McEnroe of the United States, will play in a six-man international tournament in Milan, Italy, November 27th to the 30th. Fans from the stadium tonight, a group from uh, Villa Julie College in pregame ceremonies. Uh, the students presented a plaque to the Orioles expressing their support of the ball. Well, good idea, huh? Big John leads it off Mayberry, and Palmer's breaking pitch is high. One ball and no strikes to come. John walked his first time up. Palmer works again, and the changeup is high. Two balls and no strikes to come. Play Mayberry to go to right field. 2-0 delivery, a fastball is a call strike as it catches the letters just on the outer portion of the plate. Pitch. A fastball has popped up to the left side. Belen, uh, but the sensei, rather, will make the play just behind the bag of third. And Mayberry is out on a pop-up. Steve Broad singled to center field and drove in a run his first time up. Ah. A 2-13 hitter. Mosby is on deck. 
Farmer's pitch, a fastball is ball one. One ball and no strikes to come. Jim is right back again, and he's out of the strike zone again. So Palmer is definitely having control problems here in Baltimore tonight. 2-0 pitch by Palmer, and it's fouled off to the left side. Again, three balls and one strike to call. And if Braun gets away from Palmer, I think we'll see somebody get up in the bullpen again. Here's the 3-1 delivery, a call strike. Three balls and two strikes to call. Braun steps up. What a great night for baseball and Baltimore. Wind is blowing right down the flagpole.
at Baltimore County Hospital. Get well soon, Mr. and Mrs. Clarence Himmler. They're Art and Oriole fans, and I know they're listening tonight. Both recuperating from illnesses at Baltimore County Hospital. Get well soon, Mr. and Mrs. Clarence Himmler. They're Art and Oriole fans, and I know they're listening tonight. Langer laid it off. The first pitch to mark is the ball. One ball and no strikes to come. Langer went three for four last night against the Tigers. Belanger is ball two, two balls and no strikes. Bob's given up two hits, a single to Bumbrey, and a single to Dan Grant. As soon as we have a score out of Yankee Stadium in New York, the Yankees and the Red Sox will pass it along to you. and it's low, three balls and no strikes to come. Rio pitch to Belanger, he was taking all the way and it's a call strike on the inside corner, three balls and one strike to come. up to Ripken to get the sign. Let's see if they'll have the green light this time. 3-1 pitch is on the way. Here it is, and it's a call strike. Three balls and two strikes to count. Landry was taking all the way. Mark will be followed by Bumpery and Dollar. 3-2 pitch, it's line foul down towards the third base area by Cal Ripken. Thinking about Cal Ripken, young Cal who has finished the season at Charlotte working out here at the park the past few days. Boy, has he put on an awesome display. And he hit the ball a ton. Tom Giordano said yesterday he hit 14 over the fence. Full count to Belanger. Next pitch is high, and inside of Belanger walks. Coaching up at first base, Frank Robinson. Here's 
the 1-1 pitch is ball two. Two balls and one strike to come. Whenever Frank got hit by a pitch, he never charged the mound or anything like that. He'd dig, on, dig in on you, and then on more than one occasion, he'd go deep. The look to Belanger at first. 2-1 pitch is on the way to Bunbury. Fly ball well hit right field. Right field going back, still going back. Game, single in the first base. There's one out, Eddie Murray. 
is very methodical when he's up at, uh, up at the plate. He'll step out after every pitch. Usually he'll walk to the front of the batting box. Again, the look at the Here's the pitch to Murray. And it's the ball. One ball and no strikes. He'll kick a little dirt with one foot, then the other. Then he'll back into the corner and kick the uh, dust out of his baseball shoes before he'll step in again. Does it after almost every pitch. Delivery to Murray and swings and fouls one back. Let's see if he does it now. There he goes. One foot, then the other. Now he'll back into the corner of the batter's box. Takes the bat. Let's see if he'll knock the dirt out again. There he goes. Right foot, then the left foot. Back to the right foot again. Not quite as bad as that fellow Mike Hargrove with the Cleveland Indians. Next pitch to Murray and he fouls another one back. And he'll go through the routine again.
one ball pitch to Crowley. They pop him up in the shallow left field. The left fielder comes on. Hudson puts the glove up and makes the catch. Crowley and the Orioles are down to the third, but not before the Orioles come up with two runs at the end of three. Baltimore three and Toronto three. From American Entertainment Radio, I'm George Engels. The alarm is over around Damascus, Arkansas, and the people who live near the Titan missile site have gone home again with assurance that everything's under control after last night's fire and fuel explosion. The Air Force says no damage to the warhead, but ABC's John McCarthy has learned it was close at best. ABC News has learned that not only was there a five-megaton nuclear warhead atop the Titan missile that caught fire last night, but that when the fuel in the missile exploded, that warhead was catapulted right out of the silo onto the ground nearby. Emergency Air Force teams determined that there was no radioactivity around the warhead, and it was then moved out of the missile site to an unknown location for further examination. John McWethy, ABC News, the Pentagon. Reagan and Anderson are preparing for the debate, while Reagan's campaign chief accuses the president of a dirty trick by mentioning racism in connection with a GOP candidate. The House today okayed two super funds for cleaning up oil and chemical spills in America's waterways. I'm George Engel, ABC News. Taking a look at the upcoming schedule for football games on the parade of sports on uh, Saturday. Actually, it'll be Sunday UTC at Sunday at 0130. Let's give you the correct UTC time. Sunday at 0030. College football, Penn State at uh, Texas A&M. Then on Sunday, the National Football League doubleheader. First game, the St. Louis Cardinals at the Detroit Lions. And then uh, the New England Patriots at the Seattle Seahawks. And then the uh, Monday night game, the New York Giants at Philadelphia. The Phillies were defeated by the Cubs by a count of four to three. A tough loss for Philadelphia. The Pirates and the Mets are at it tonight out at Pittsburgh. The Pirates, of course, the same kind of division the Orioles are in. Five games behind the division-leading Montreal Expos. And they are now leading the Mets two to nothing at the end of two innings of play. We have not had anything at all from New York other than back down with the Red Sox. Chuck, Bob Baylor is going to lead it off for the Toronto Blue Jays. 3-3 three three game as we go to the top of the floor. Here's Palmer's first pitch to Baylor. There's the line drive to center field, base hit Baylor. So, inning start for the Blue Jays in the fourth of this 3-3 three three game. Paul Hudson is now the batter. Hudson singled his first time up in the second inning. The three Toronto runs coming in the first inning. The Orioles scoring one in the first and Tally twice in the third.
that in three games as a pitcher, two and a third innings, and he's given up two runs on four hits. There's a walk and no strikeout. Dodson is in the hole, two strikes to come. Palmer shakes off Dan Grant. Now he's ready to go to work. Here's the pitch, and it's a call, strike three. On a good changeup from Palmer to Hudson. And it's the fourth strikeout of the line for Jim Palmer. Throw and Baylor's back. I 
guess Jim just has a vivid picture of Baylor running down to second base on the stolen base last Sunday, then getting to third and scoring an unearned run. There is one out, two and one, the count to Ernie Witt. We'll get around to him one of these days. Another throw to first. Palmer may throw more balls to first in this inning when he does the home plate. On the way, the runner goes. There's Graham's throw to second base, and Baylor dives in safely with a stolen base just ahead of the tag by Belanger. You get the feeling that Palmer definitely knew he was going to go. Two and two now to count to win. That's the 11, 12th stolen base on the year for Bob Baylor. the count to Ernie Witt. Baylor now at second base. See, Alfredo Griffin is standing, observing everything Jim Palmer does very closely. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Ground ball to the right side. Murray can't make the play on it. It's into a right field for the base hit. Baylor on third, and he'll score the go-ahead run. On a single to right by Ernie Witt that gets by Eddie Murray. Baylor comes all the way home, and now you know why Palmer was so concerned about that runner at first base, and here comes the skipper. Earl Weaver walks slowly to the mound, and that could be it for Jim Palmer. And that is it for Jim Palmer. Weaver decides to make the move as the Blue Jays go out the front four to three. Philadelphia, the leading home run hitter in the Major League with 39. Bob Horner of Atlanta next with 33 in the National League. Murphy of Atlanta and Baker of Los Angeles, 29 each. Reggie Jackson is the American League home run leader with 37. Ogilvy of Milwaukee with 36. Thomas of Milwaukee with 35. The RBI leader in the Major League, Cecil Cooper of Milwaukee with 112. Also in the American League, Oliver of Texas with 106 and Ogilvy of Milwaukee with 102. Mike Schmidt is the National League RBI leader with 105. Hendrick of St. Louis with 102. And Garvey of Los Angeles with 97. Ron LaFleur of Montreal is the National League stolen base leader. He now has 92. Omar Moreno of Pittsburgh next at 88. Collins of Cincinnati with 69. Henderson of Oakland leads the American League in stolen bases with 81. Wilson of Kansas City has 69. And DeLaunay of Cleveland has 55 stolen bases. From the Oriole bullpen, a relief of starter Jim Palmer comes Dennis Martinez. Palmer tonight, three and a third, six hits. Two walks, four strikeouts, and four runs. He's responsible for Ernie Witt over there at first base. And from the bullpen comes uh, the young right-hander, Dennis Martinez. Martinez on the year for the Orioles kind of a, an up and down sort of a year. It started on the downside because he had shoulder and arm problems and bugged him for quite a little while. And then as he got back in shape, he seemed to pitch reasonably well. And now in the late uh, months of the season or weeks of the season, he has been assigned to the bullpen because there's just no room in the starting rotation for a Dennis Martinez. There are 
lots of fellows who can start and come out of the bullpen, and there are some fellows who find that task very difficult, and it seems to be, as Dennis's case, it's a little difficult for him to come out of the bullpen. He has won five, lost four. This is his 20th ball game. He's made 11 starts, 73 and two-third innings of work. He has pitched to an earned run of 4.64. Now one out, Toronto four, the Orioles three. Runner at first base is Ernie Witt. Alfredo Griffin will be the first batter to face Dennis Martinez. And we'll go right back to Tom Marr. Thank you, Chuck. Alfredo Griffin looking for his first hit on the night. He's 0 for 2. Runner at first base is Witt and a fastball swing and a miss. Dennis had some good velocity on that one. One strength to count to Alfredo Griffin. Dennis Martinez in relief of Jim Palmer. The outfield is pretty well spread out against Griffin. Singleman is well off the line and right. One strike pitch to Alfredo. Just misses. One ball and one strike to count. Mollenstein. Straight away it's shallow in left field and Bumbry is cut to the left field side against the switch hitting Griffin who is batting left-handed against Jim Bomer. One-one pitch from Dennis. The slider swinging at a miss. One ball and two strikes to count. The end of an inning and a half, still no score. The game between the Yankees and the Red Sox in Fenway Park. Whit leads off first base. Dennis will gaze that way. Here comes the one-two delivery. Swing and a miss, strike three. I'll tell you, Dennis looked better against Alfredo Griffin than he did the entire day on Sunday in Toronto. Tommaso Garcia is up with two outs and a runner at first. Garcia single and scored in the first inning and went down on strikes to Jim Palmer in the second. Garcia, a right-handed hitter. Here's the pitch, and he fouls it. Fouls it into the box. One strike to count. The outfield is playing just about the same way for Damaso Garcia as they did for the left-hander Griffin. Owenstein is backed up a bit in left field. He played Alfredo rather shallow. Garcia, 282 hitter, has some power, four home runs and 44 RPIs. He fouls one into the upper deck. So the count will go to two strikes, and the advantage in this situation is to Dennis Martinez. Sign and the target for Dennis. He'll look to first base. Here comes the two-strike pitch. The throw to second as the runner goes, and he's tagged out. So that will retire the side as Ernie Witt is caught stealing. And at the end of three and a half, the score is Toronto four, Baltimore three. Steve Carlton of Philadelphia leads the National League in pitching victories at 22 and 8. Jerry Royce of Los Angeles. Jim Bibby of Pittsburgh next at 17 and 5. And uh, Necro of Houston is at 16 and 12. The winningest pitcher 
in the major league. Steve Stone of Baltimore at 23 and 7. John of New York at 21 and 8. Norris of Oakland at 20 and 8. Bruce Suter of Chicago leads the National League in saves with 26. Hume of Cincinnati and Allen of New York have 22. Fingers of San Diego has 21 saves. Dan Quisenberry of Kansas City is the major league leader in saves with 33. Gossage in New York with 28. Farmer of Chicago with 27. This is uh, Friday, September 19th, stateside, and on this date in baseball, in 1968, Danny McLean of the Detroit Tigers became the American League's biggest winner since 1931, when he posted his 31st victory of the season, a 6-2 decision over the New York Yankees. Mickey Mantle of the Yanks cracked his 535th career home run, enabling him to move into third place on the all-time list. So on this date in baseball in 1968. Diego Clippers head coach Paul Silas announced his retirement as a player Friday after 16 seasons and slots on three championship teams in the NBA. He said it was just too difficult to both coach and play. Well, we're very happy to recognize the presence tonight at Memorial Stadium of the Golden Girls. There are 12 of them. They're from the Catonsville Recreation Council. Uh, they're at the game. They were the nine, ten-year-old champions. We're very happy to have them here tonight. Hope that they'll enjoy themselves and that they can come back again. Howard Oaks, I know, is having a good time tonight. Howard is from Catonsville. He's here this evening with a number of his neighbors and friends in the Schlitz block in Section 6. They are guests of the Joseph Schlitz Brewing Company. Okay, Tom. Well, Jack, with uh, Mimi DiPietro, my guest tonight, I might as well mention, uh, mention that the 15th District Democratic Club of Essex is represented here tonight, 44 strong. And they're wishing the Orioles well. Need to get something going right here. They're down four to three as we go into the bottom of the fourth inning, and Dan Graham is going to lead it off. Graham singled his first time up to right field, and the pitch to Dan as well. One ball and no strikes to come. While I have Mimi here, I just want to remind you that I know the season's going to be over soon, and an awful lot of people come into our town on weekends throughout the course of the season to see the Orioles. The one ball pitch to Graham. High fly ball out to right field. Going to stay in the park. Mosby backing. Makes the catch with one hand. And Graham is off. Even though the season will be over in a few weeks, maybe a month or so, if we happen to get into the playoffs of the World Series, I want you to take the opportunity, if you live in Washington or Pennsylvania or Delaware, through the fall season, to come to Baltimore just for a visit. I'll tell you what we have done in the downtown area of this city is recognized worldwide. The pitch to Desense, ground ball left side by Howell the third out in the left field for a base hit. Desense rounds the bag at first and he'll hold up. Desense set a scorching grounder to the left side. Howell on a diving play got the glove on it. It then caromed off to the right by Alfredo Griffin out into left field for a Desense hit. And the jewel of Baltimore City is the inner harbor, harbor place. You owe it to yourself to come to our town on a weekend or at any time just to take a look and see what has happened. And remember, if you're coming to see the Orioles play, make Baltimore part of your day. Downtown Baltimore especially. The sensei is at first base. Belanger is up. Here's the pitch to Mark, and it's a call strike on a fastball. Belanger walked his first time up in the third inning. Four to three, Toronto. A look to the sensei. 
Here's the pitch to Belanger, and it's a ball, one ball and one strike to count. Four runs on six hits for the Jays, three on six for the Orioles. Here's a 1-1 pitch. It's inside. Two balls and one strike to count. Jackson Todd worked very well against the Orioles last Sunday in Toronto, giving up two runs and eight in the third inning. Home runs by Eddie Murray. Here's the pitch to Blanger. Ground ball uh, over the head of uh, the, to the third baseman. Howell will make the fourth play on Desente. Retire the side. Just a soft, chopping ground ball to the left side of the mound. Look for a moment like Alfredo Griffin was going to come in to make the play, but out of nowhere comes Roy Howell to pick it up and throw off the lead runner. So the sensei is cut down, and Belanger reaches on the fourth. Al Bumbry is the batter. He's two for two tonight. Single, stole a base, and scored a run in the first inning, and a two-run homer in the third. leads at first base with two outs. Here's the pitch to Bumbry. He squares the bump and he takes the pitch to tie. One ball and no strikes to count. Dower is on deck. Two completed. Yankee Stadium. No score on the game. Belanger goes at first base. Here's the throw. Mark slides and he's safe. Belanger steals the base and that's number six on the year for Mark. Belanger, the tie run is now in scoring position at second. The count now to Bumbry, two balls and no strikes. Belanger takes a bit of a breather at second base. Now Bumbry steps back in. Belanger with the lead at second. The look to second base. Here comes the 2-0 pitch to Bumbry. It's high ball three on a breaking pitch. Three balls and no strikes to come. Ernie Witt again will set the target after he gives the side. Belanger at second. 3-0 delivered to Bumbry. He was taking all the way. The pitch is rolling in and now walks. Got a bit of a fire going here in the fourth inning with two outs. Bumber's been aboard every time he's been up tonight. Graham started the inning. He was out on a fly ball to right field, the sensei. Then singles. He went uh, to Dower tonight. Has grounded out. Has been out on a fly ball to center field. Here's the first pitch to Dower. One ball to call. Sensei was cut down on the fourth. Belanger reached, and now Bumbry has won. Single in the on-deck batter. One ball and no strikes to count to Rich Dower. Runners at first and second. The pitch to Dower, and it almost got away from the catcher, so the count goes to 2-0. and oh. With runners in scoring position this year, Dower, the fellow at the plate, is batting 346, 44 for 127. Belanger at second and Bumbrey's at first. Good speed on the bases. 2-0 to count to Dower. 
here comes the next pitch to Dower. Base hit, left field. Belanger's around third. Belanger is headed home. Here comes the throw. Belanger hits the home plate safely, and it's a tie ball game at 4-4. Well, Dower does it again. Ties the game up. A base hit to left field. Belanger was flying around that bag of third. He didn't slide. And it's a 4-4 game. And as we mentioned to you a moment ago, it's a 346 batting average for Dower with runners in scoring position. Well, up that a little more now. Kent Single in the batter. Here comes Dennis Menke. Pitching coach for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's walking slowly out to the mound. There is activity. Schramm is up and working. And Paul Mirabella. Schramm and Mirabella are working in the Toronto Blue Jay bullpen. The Orioles tie it up with two outs. Now are single to left field. And now Ken Singleton is the batter. time up and single to left field opposite field single is next time up and you just kind of have the feeling that sometime real soon Ken Singleton is going to have them ducking in the bleachers Humphrey is at second base and Dowers at first four to four game here's the pitch to Singleton and it's the ball one one ball and no strikes to count Eddie Murray is on deck on the way to Ken Singer with a call strike and it looked like a changeup from Jackson Todd. Runners at first and second. Singleton awaits the 1-1 pitch and it's high. Two balls at one strike to come. Four runs on six hits for Toronto. Four on seven for the Orioles. with their lead. Here's the 2-1 delivered to Singleton. Line drive, center field. It's going to be a base hit. Bumbrey is around third. Bumbrey is headed home. And Bumbrey is in with the go-ahead run. And Dower slides into third base. And he's out at third base. Tagged out by Alfredo Griffin. There's going to be a beat. Looked like a fairly good call, but the Orioles score the go-ahead run. So at the end of four innings to play, the score is Baltimore 5 and Toronto 4. Talking about a beef on that play that one of the television stations in Washington sent a camera crew up to Baltimore to do a feature story on uh, umpires and it so happened they had uh, Bill Haller's umpiring crew Mike they had microphones wireless microphones on the umpires and as luck would have it for that television crew Earl Weaver was ejected for about the third or fourth time of the season but uh, there was probably about 32 bleeps in the two and a half minutes of the discussion, but the interesting part of it is, and if you have ever umpired before and you've gotten into a serious dispute in a play, I think you will agree with me. Uh, usually what happens is a very small part of the entire discussion, which uh, was uh, involving a lot of shouting on Earl Weaver's part, but all that, a lot of that discussion, very little bit revolves around the actual play, which is a balk call made by the first base umpire, Bill Haller. But I can tell you what was discussed. First of all, it was discussed 
um, that uh, Weaver thought that Hallis crew was out to get the Orioles. Uh, then I think the discussion went to whether or not Earl Weaver would make the Hall of Fame. They discussed whether or not Weaver had a winning record as a manager. Weaver uh, pointed out that he did and that Haller didn't even know anything about baseball. Uh, then I think it got back to the fact that uh, Weaver thought Hallis crew was out to get him and the fact that uh, tomorrow night, now this is not uh, this game, but it was the game played yesterday, that uh, Haller would even have a better chance to get to Weaver, the Orioles because he'd be working the plate. All this took two and a half minutes or so and nothing uh, after the first comment involved that balk call. So when they go at it out there, chances are they're not even talking about what the call was that started the dispute. But I'll tell you what, it was quite a show. And some poor tape editor probably spent half the afternoon cutting all the profanity out. But it was quite a show, I'll tell you. Tomaso Garcia lead off against Dennis Martinez as we go to the top of the fifth inning. And the first pitch is a call strike on a good-looking bender from Dennis. One strike to count to Tomaso, who has singled and gone down on strikes tonight. That call at third base as we looked at it on the replay. It looks like a pretty good call from up here at first. I'll tell you, it was a very close call, and Weaver and Dar may have had a beat. Another bender in there for a call strike, two strikes to come. But if it was a bad uh, call, and you spend a lot of time talking about bad calls, that's a definite sign that you're not in first place leading the division. Two strikes to count to Garcia. Howell is the on-deck batter. First lead at five to four. Ground ball foul on the left side over into the Orioles. Yankee Stadium, there's still no score on the game. And at uh, Kansas City tonight, Willie Wilson has stolen his 29th consecutive base. In the first inning, George Brent hit a sacrifice fly to drive, sacrifice fly to drive in a run. George is only batting 398. Fastball is fouled off to the right side. They say Reggie Jackson has been in kind of a bad mood lately. One of the things that has Reggie in a bad mood is that slowly dawning on Reggie that despite the great year that he's having, George Brett might wind up the most valuable player. Earl Weaver and Jim Fry conferred by phone yesterday. Earl from his office here at Memorial Stadium. Two-strike pitch, ground ball up towards Blanchard George. He's up with it on the short hop. Rifles the throw to first base, and Garcia's up 6-3. Jim Fry to congratulate him on winning the title of the American League West. The two had a very nice conversation. They remained very close friends. And finally, Jim Fry said, well, to tell you the truth, Earl, I've only been working with a couple of players this year. I've been spending most of my time giving instructions to Brett and Willie Wilson. <laughs> and it cracked both men up. I'll tell you, those two would make a lot of guys a good manager. Here's a pitch to Howell. A fastball is a call strike. on wood. Dennis appears to have it tonight. He didn't have it last Sunday in Toronto. Changeup is not foul up the first base line. Dennis came into the game for Jim Palmer in the fourth inning. And it's high, one ball and two strikes to come. Martinez works again. There's a ground ball up the middle in the center field for a base hit. 
just out of the reach of Mark Belanger charging over towards the bag from short. Boy, he just looks 
$217,000 Woodward Stakes because uh, of, uh, let's see, why exactly did they do it? Well, the uh, scratches made because the trainers of uh, Dr. Patches and Temperance Hill had to reevaluate their positions with the outside possibility that both Dr. Patches and Temperance Hill will be scratched. Only spectacular bid could go postward at the anticipated 5.20 Eastern Daylight Time starting time Saturday. In that event, there would be no paramutual betting, and spectacular bids owners would automatically pick up the winner's share. However, horsemen at Belmont Park believe that either Dr. Patches and Temperance Hill, or both, will leave the starting gate with spectacular bid, and they feel that it's unlikely that both uh, Jan Nehrud, Dr. Patches' trainer, and Joe Cady, Temperance Hill's conditioner, would permit that walkover. Well, if you're a George Steinbrenner agent, you better get on the phone to Tampa or New York down to the yacht or the dock. Paul Mirabella has come into the game for the Toronto Blue Jays. Mirabella was announced as a starter against the Orioles in the first game in Toronto. Steinbrenner had the effrontery to call the American League president and complain that the Toronto Blue Jays weren't trying against the Orioles. And that set off a surge of reaction in Toronto. Everybody was upset. Mirabella worked all right. He went an inning and two-thirds, getting up six hits and four runs. He walked seven and struck out three. So Mirabella is in the game for Jackson Todd. And Eddie Murray is up. Chuck? All right, Tom, thank you very much, and good evening, everybody. Here is Murray. Murray, Lowenstein, Crowley are the trio to face. The southpaw Mirabella in the bottom of the fifth, Baltimore five, and Toronto four. And the fourth siders first offering to Murray. Ground ball sharply hit third base side. Off the glove of the diving third baseman into foul territory, and Eddie Murray has reached with a hit off the glove of Roy Howell. He dove toward the foul line, touched the ball in fair territory, and caromed off the glove into foul territory, and he has reached with a base hit. And now, rather than John Lowenstein, it's going to be Gary Renneke. Number 35. Renneke will bat for John Lowenstein, and Renneke's kind of fallen on tough times. He's had just three hits. In his last 34 at-bats, dating back to the 29th of August, and he would love nothing better than to break out of it, kind of get hot over the last two weeks of the year. The pitch is a little inside the Renegade. Ball one. On the year, Renegade is hitting 249. Murray with a pretty good lead at first. The pitch, the change, breaking ball. Again, is low inside. The count now two balls and no strikes. Eddie Murray 
reached on a base hit off the glove of third baseman Roe Howell. Arabella, four wins, 11 losses on the year. Renicky big, strapping right-handed player. Stands right in on top of the plate as Arabella sets and throws. Here's a strike call by the guy doing that job, Steve Palermo. Benny Ayala is now in the on-deck circle to bat for designated hitter Terry Crowley. Arabella ready to work. He checks the lead of Murray. His 2-1 pitch to Renicky ground ball foul off the third base side, and it's two balls, two strikes. Blue Jays are here again tomorrow night at Memorial Stadium. Hope that you can be here. 7.30 is game time, and then uh, they'll wind up Sunday afternoon. Now, tomorrow night, a very big night. Steve Stone will try for win number 24 once again. The 2-2 to Renicky. Arabella throws. Here's a foul out of play for the Mesonese. Absolutely magnificent year of 23 and 7. He goes against Dave Steve. Steve is one of the very promising young right-handers on this Toronto staff. Sunday afternoon, Mike Flanagan and Jim Clancy, another dandy to pitch. Look out and hit Renicky in the middle of the back, a breaking ball driving in on Renicky. He turned and darted out of the way, but was not quick enough to avoid the pitch. So down to second base goes Eddie Murray. Renicky is hit by the pitch. And to the plate now will come Benny Ayala. And here is Rex Barney's announcement. Two ball, no strike pitch to Ayala. 
at second base, ready to get first. The Toronto left-handed throws, swing and a miss, drag one, two more. Flashed by Ernie Witt. And here is his 2 1 offering to the waiting Ayala. Swing and a miss. Hard breaking stuff. And I'll tell you something, Mirabella really turned that loose. Two balls, two strikes to Ayala. What a heck of a pitch Mr. Mirabella just made. Powell at third. Shortstop is Alfredo Griffin, the second baseman is Damaso Garcia. And of course, Mayberry at first around the Toronto infield. 2 2 pitch. Struck him out. as they would say, and got whatever extra he needed to strike out Denny Ayala for the first out here in this uh, fifth inning. And the new batter now was to have been Dan Graham, but rather than Dan Graham, manager Earl Weaver is coming with Rick Dempsey. Dempsey will bat for Dan Graham. Between Graham and Dempsey, what a job they have done for the Orioles this year. Brings with him a batting average of 264. He's at eight home runs and knocked in 38. Graham, of course, number 24, has hit 12 home runs. So that's a total of 20 home runs and 85 runs batted in between Dempsey and Graham in 550 at bats. Now here is Dempsey. Toronto left-handed, Mirabella's ready, he throws. Drag rips over the inside corner of the knees to the looking Dempsey. Well, three pinch hitters, one right after the other. Renicky hit by the pitch, Ayala struck out, and now Dempsey. And the one-strike pitch to the waiting rig. No, Mirabella just backs off the rubber, and Murray checks back toward the bag at second base. Five runs, nine hits the Orioles. Four runs, seven hits the Blue Jays. And the pitch to Dempsey. It's a little outside. One ball, one strike. Deep and straight away down on the left field corner is Paul Hodgson. The center fielder Bobby Baylor is a bit toward the alley in left center and pretty deep. And well off the line in right field toward the alley in right center is Lloyd Mosby. One out and the 1-1 pitch on the way to Dempsey. Here it is. Mirabella threw some pitches to Ayala that were just flat out looked unhittable. And the last pitch he threw to Dempsey was about as hard as I've seen anything thrown here tonight. He really turned it loose. Now the one-two offering. The set by Mirabella and the pitch to Dempsey. Outside for a ball, he kind of pulled the strings up a little. Two balls, two strikes. The remarks made by Mr. Steinbrenner about Mirabella and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, taking it easy on the Orioles was insulting to the Blue Jay ball club as a whole and particularly galling to the young left-hander we're watching right now, Mirabella. Here goes the, the pitch, a swing and a miss, and Dempsey goes down on strike, an off-speed breaking ball, back-to-back strikeout. It looked as though maybe Eddie Murray was on his way. He made a good ball start for the second base and then quickly breaks. 
Mirabella after giving up an infield hit to Eddie Murray. And then hit Renegade with a pitch that spanned pinch hitter Ayala and also spanned pinch hitter Dempsey. And now Doug DeSensei. DeSensei, going into tonight's ball game, had hit 375 against Blue Jay pitching. And Doug tonight is one for two. Mirabella's pitch to DeSensei, swinging the ground ball slowly, hit down the first base side. The second baseman gets to it. Flip throw, the first is in time to get Dempsey, or rather DeSensei, and the inning is over. No runs in the base hit. And two men are left on, and at the end of five innings of play in Baltimore tonight, it's the Orioles five, Toronto four. The Australia rallied in the final leg to win the second America's Cup race against Freedom. The Australian victory means the best of seven series against the United States Yard is now tied at one race apiece. The victory is the first for a cup challenger in 10 years. It came after Australia trailed freedom by two to three phone lengths at the final mark. Australia led throughout much of the race, but the Dennis Conner led freedom, caught the Australian on the fourth leg, and passed it after the decide rounding the fourth mark. An Illinois State Appellate Court ruled that the University of Illinois quarterback David Wilson is eligible to play in Saturday's game against Missouri. The ruling came some 20 hours before kickoff at Columbia, Missouri. It overturns Wednesday's ruling by an Illinois Circuit Court judge, which had left Wilson ineligible for the Big Ten football contest. Hey, for you people listening in the American Forces Network area in Germany, you know that big bowling alley you got over there in Mannheim? Well, I guess there's a little bit of flat going on about that. Just have a story here that says a report by the U.S. Controller General criticizes the Pentagon for building a $2.4 million bowling alley in West Germany. Apparently, that, that bowling alley is larger than authorized, but not to worry. One of the um, spokesmen over there says that the uh, grant came from profits from post exchanges and other installations. He says, hey, that thing is being used 24 hours a day. He says, we... We have enough as we can handle over there. So listen, enjoy that bowling alley. On the scoreboard, uh, the word from Kansas City, George Brett, a sacrifice flying his first time at bat. Willie Wilson is 29th consecutive stolen base. That has left an American League stolen base record. Here are the Blue Jays at the top of the sixth inning. Bob Baylor leads off. He's one for two. A swing and a foul into the upper deck and out of play. Strike one. Now the pinch hitting of uh, Dempsey keeps him in the ball game as a catcher. Likewise, Renicky stays in the game is now the left fielder. Renicky in left, Dempsey now catching. A couple of changes made by skipper Earl Weaver in the bottom of the fifth inning. Dennis Martinez in relief of Jim Palmer. And the one-strike pitch to Baylor, a good-looking breaking ball just a little outside, and the count is the ball and the strike. Baylor not only has a hit tonight, but a stolen base and a run scored. Drag to call. Great looking breaking ball again from Dennis Martinez. Taylor hits out of a very pronounced open stand, but he does kind of stride right toward the mound. And the one-two pitch to Baylor pops him up right in the middle of the infield, coming down the line. Dower, the show, everybody, all four infielders. Now they give way to Belanger, and he had an ice cream cone that almost got away from him. Everybody, with the exception of the pitcher Martinez, charging for the pop-up, and Belanger made the catch right behind the mound. The Red Sox won, the Yankees won in the bottom of the fourth inning. Now here is Paul Hodgson, this young man started as an infielder, a lot of fellas have. He also had to undergo shoulder surgery, and he is a native of Canada. A swing and a miss for the breaking. 
Martinez. Paul was born in Montreal in Quebec. Now the one strike pitch. Here's a fly ball. Well hit. Deep left field. Renicky going back. Right at the wall. Leads it. Gone. Home run, Hodgson. And the Blue Jays have tied the ball game. And I think this will be his first major league home run. Exactly right, and it will tie the game. Hodgson with his first major league home run. Five-five, Toronto and the Orioles in the top of the sixth inning, and it's well, it's been that way since uh, the very first inning when Toronto scored three against starter Jim Palmer. The Orioles came back with one in the bottom of the first inning, and then tied it with two in the bottom of the third. The pitch is a little bit high to the left-handed batter, Ernie Witt. Toronto took a 4-3 lead in the top of the fourth inning, only to have the Orioles take a 5-4 lead in the bottom of that fourth inning. Now it's tied up again. 5-5, swinging a fly ball toward the gap right center. Bumbry is there, coasting over now. The center fielder makes the catch for the second out of the inning. Two down. Comes Alfredo Griffin, the switch hitter, and he is old for three tonight. Fly to center, reached on a fielder's choice, and struck out. The Red Sox and the Yankees are also tied. They're 1 1 in the bottom of the fourth inning in New York. Here in Baltimore, it's 5 5. Now the Martinez pitch to Alfredo. A little low and outside, ball one. Again, the rocking motion by the Oriole right-hander. The fastball is hit high in the air out of the shallow left. Back to shortstop on the left fielder. And it is the left fielder, Renicky making the catch at the last moment for the final out. At the end of five and a half, Toronto five, Baltimore five. In the National League, New York and Pittsburgh are now through five innings of play. Pittsburgh has just scored two in the bottom of the fifth to take a four-to-three lead. Where the scoreboard, Oakland and Kansas City are now in the bottom of the third inning at Kansas City. The Royals leading it by the score of one to nothing. California and Texas are through two at Texas, and the Angels lead one to nothing. Seattle and Milwaukee, bottom of the third at the County Stadium. There's no score. In the National League, Montreal and St. Louis are in the bottom of the third at St. Louis, and Montreal leading that game by the score of one to nothing. Also in the American League, Cleveland is leading Detroit by the score of 3 to nothing. The Tigers are now hitting in the bottom of the fourth inning. Cleveland coming up with three in the top of the fourth. And as you may have heard, Boston and New York are tied at 1-1 in their ball game. federal judge has sent the contract dispute of Hartford Whalers forward Blaine Stoughton to National Hockey League President John Ziegler for arbitration. Stoughton, who shared the National Hockey League's goal-scoring title with Los Angeles' Charlie Simmer last season, had sought a ruling that he was a free agent and $600,000 in damages from the Whalers, who he claims failed to offer him a contract by the July 1st league deadline. U.S. District Judge Jose Carbanes refused to rule on the merits of the case, saying that under the league's collective bargaining agreement, the dispute had to be arbitrated by Ziegler. He also enjoined Stoughton from playing with any other professional hockey team before that arbitration is resolved. 
Well, as we go to the bottom of the sixth inning, it's all tied up at 5-5. Mark Belanger's going to lead it off. He'll be followed by Pumphrey and Dower, and we'll go back to Chuck. Well, Belanger tonight is 0 for 1. He has walked and hit into a fourth play, but he has scored two runs. The pitch is low for a ball to Belanger. Uh, he also has stolen the base, which uh, was directly responsible for the fourth run. Now, Mirabella into the move. The left-hander's one nothing pitch to Belanger hit high in the air in the center field. Moving over to his right and coming on is Baylor, the center fielder, makes the catch, and that'll be the first out of the last pass of the sixth inning. Be Al Bumbrey. Bumbrey tonight is on a two for two night and he has scored three of the Orioles five runs and knocked in two of them. Bumbrey hit his ninth home run tonight. Sam Stewart is beginning to limber a little bit in the Oriole bullpen. What a great relief job Stewart gave the Orioles here the other night. Bumbrey in the first inning singled and stole his 41st base of the year. Difference, of course, in home run. 15 if it hit as a left-handed batter. Seven 
as a right-handed batter. Dower with a lead at the first base, two down, and Mirabella's fits the single and it changes and it's too high. Two balls, no strikes. Ernie wishes, wait a minute, let's go out and talk this over. He did not like the last pitch watch Mirabella to kind of put that one away.
Cleveland and Detroit, a 3-3 tie. They have completed four innings. Milwaukee, 3-0 over Seattle. They're on the bottom of the fourth. Pitch to Howell, a strike. Letter high on the outside portion. California's Angels lead the Rangers, 3-0 in the bottom of the third. Kansas City, 1-0 over Oakland. They're on the bottom of the third. Minnesota, 2-0 over the Chicago White Sox. A swing and a foul ball right behind the plate. Two strikes. Speaking of Minnesota... How about a young man named Gary Ward of the Minnesota Twins, who's the first man in the 27-year history of the Milwaukee County Stadium to ever hit for the cycle. Pitch, swing the foul, going to be out of play. No one had ever hit for the cycle at Milwaukee County Stadium in his 27-year history until this young man, Gary Ward, did it for the Twins in the first game of the doubleheader. Two-strike pitch, fly ball, well hit, deep in center field. Bumbrey trying to catch up with it on the warning track, leaps, he's got it. Bumbrey did get there, made the leap, caught the ball, hit the wall, and held on. Those kind of catches are almost commonplace for Al Bumbrey in 1980. This ball was really hit. Howell unloaded on it, and Bumbrey with his great was able to run it down with a leap, caught the ball, hit the fence, and still held on. Two down now in the Toronto seventh, and the batter is John Mayberry. Martinez throws a high pop off the third base side. Dispense, the third baseman on the skin of the infield, makes the grab. The inning is over. At the end of six and a half, it is Toronto five and Baltimore five. Boat sold for the second race in the America's Cup Series turned out to be a bargain for spectators and kind of a headache for the boat owners. The $35 to $50 stubs gave their owners a seat for the race Thursday and again Friday when the second head-to-head -head contest was rescheduled by the New York Yacht Club. Thursday's race was abandoned because the foreign challenger Australia and the U.S. defender Freedom failed to finish the 24 and 3 tenths mile course within the time limit set on the race, uh, five hours and 15 minutes. Cup tickets are sold by the race rather than the date, and excursion boats licensed by the State Public Utilities Commission must give their owners a free ride until the race is completed. The general manager of Viking Tours said that's just a gamble that you take with this type of racing. The race cancellation took $10,000 out of Viking's pocket. It sold approximately 400 tickets Thursday at 35 each, and about 70% cashed in their rain checks and another look at the race Friday. David Erickson refunded half the $50 fare to about 25 passengers who booked a seat on the schooner at Young America Thursday, but couldn't make it for the repeat performance. The 130-foot uh, tall ship licensed for charter to the public, said Erickson, who brought the square rigger from Atlantic City, New Jersey, in hopes of making money for the ship's sailing training program. It's a non-profit tax event uh, sailing vessel owned by Historic Gardner's Basin Maritime Museum cost about $1,000 to take that ship out for one day. Well, let's quickly run down the National League scoreboard for you. The Cubs over the Phillies, 4-3. At the end of six, Pittsburgh leading the Mets, 4-3. Uh, Montreal and St. Louis, 1-1 at the end of four. Later, Atlanta is at San Diego, Cincinnati and Los Angeles, Houston and San Francisco in the American League in the bottom of the fifth inning. The Yankees and the Red Sox are all tied up at 1-1. Chuck? Well, our 5-5 tie heads now to the bottom of the seventh with Eddie Murray, and he started to go and held back on the swing of ball, low and inside to Ed. Now, Eddie is a right-hander, hits 297 with nine home runs. The left-hander, he hits 301 with 20 home runs. And he's a right-hander.
right-hander now against Toronto's Paul Mirabella. The 1-0 to Murray. Outside, 2-0 now to Ed. What a great year, and this young man is just going to have good year after good year. He's got a great attitude, wonderful instinct for the game. And as they would say, he's got his head screwed on right here. Here's the 2-0 pitch way outside, and a ball three. Eddie is one of those fellows that didn't know him, you'd say he's kind of phlegmatic. He doesn't show a lot of emotion, but he's just a very solid individual. He never gets too high, never gets too low. And once you get to know him a little bit, you recognize the fact that he's got a pretty good sense of humor, too. Now the 3-0, Mirabella to Ed Murray. He takes, and a strike is called. Now we'll look to Cal Ripken down the third base side and see whether or not he'll be taken again. Now, if you're managing, sitting in this Earl Weaver's Dugout, would you have Murray taken or hitting on the 3-1? Benny hit some shots about as hard as anybody in the league this year. 
the set by Mirabella and the one-two pitch to Ayala. Here's a line drive, and it's caught by the leaping second baseman. And Murray alertly got back to first base. Ayala hit another line drive. It looked as though Mirabella almost got a glove on it, a piece of it. And the second baseman, Garcia, went soaring into the air and grabbed it for the second out of the inning. Two down now. Dempsey, like Ayala before him, he also struck out against Mirabella in the fifth. The set for Toronto left-hander throws, missing low and inside, and a ball one. Mirabella looks toward the plate up by Palermo and says, hey. Well, the Blue Jays uh, managed a victory in uh, three games against the Yankees. Awfully close to two out of three, too. The pitch gets high for a ball. It just goes to show, as people have said for so many years, that this game of baseball is very unique. And some of the strangest things can happen. Like Toronto leading 7-3, to three, going to the bottom of the 10th inning. In the extended game, you thought, well, boy, if they ever had a chance to win one, that was it. There goes the runner, Murray, a swing and a towering pop-up, third base side. Roy Powell, the third baseman, coming down the line in foul ground. He's got it, and the inning is over. At the end of seven, Toronto five, Baltimore five. At Kansas City, the Royals have just scored five runs in the bottom of the third inning against the Oakland A's. And after three full innings of play, Kansas City six, Oakland nothing. Kingman started for the A's. Beard now pitching. Splitthorpe continues to pitch for Kansas City. George Brett hit a sacrifice fly in his first time at bat. So, of course, he's not charged at the time of bat. His second trip in the third, bingo, base hit. He's now one for one and is hitting 400. So, George Brett, after coming back from that hand injury, doing quite a job, he is now batting 400. Kansas City leading in that game 6-3. Willie Wilson established an American League consecutive stolen base record on Thursday with his 28th. He just grabbed number 29 earlier in that ball game. The Milwaukee Brewers say third baseman Don Money will miss the final two weeks of the season. Money suffering a knee injury earlier in the week in a game against Seattle. The Brewers say that Money will undergo knee surgery October 3rd in Milwaukee. Money hit 256 this season with 17 homers. National Hockey League President John Ziegler announced Friday the Philadelphia Flyers have been fined $5,000 for criticizing the officiating during the 1979 Stanley Cup playoffs against the Islanders. Ziegler said the fine was levied after an investigation into comments made by Flyers owner Ed Snyder about Chief Referee Scotty Morrison during the last game of the Stanley Cup Finals, May 24th. The Islanders uh, won that with a 5-4 victory over the Flyers. Well, whenever baseball fans begin to talk a little bit about the most valuable player in the American League, you know the names of Gossage jump up, the names of uh, Reggie Jackson also is in there. This fellow's name will be mentioned a little bit, too. George Brett singled in the third inning. He's one for one. His batting average at the moment is an even 400. Here is Steve Braun, left-hand swinging designated hitter for Toronto. And the Dennis Martinez pitch to Braun. Fastball ripped over the outside corner of the letters. Strike one. Braun singled to knock in the first Toronto run of the ball game in the first inning. Struck out in the third. Drew a walk the next time up in the fifth. Here's the ball, high and outside. Been around a little bit for the Royals. Blue Jays. And was purchased from the Syracuse Club earlier this year by Toronto. High fly ball hit the left field. Waiting for it out there is Gary Renneke. 
in the glove, and that'll be the first out. One away on the top of the eighth inning. The batter now, Lloyd Mosby. Now, Lloyd doubled down the right field side to knock in a couple of runs in the Toronto three-run first inning. Since that time, he has fly to center and bounced to the mound. This is a young man is an outstanding prospect. Got a chance to become quite a player. The Dennis Martinez curves a little high, ball one. Tom Barr mentioned a little while ago he looks like a player. He just got that. One other pitch on the way. Dennis works, breaking ball hit it about two feet in front of the plate, and the count out two balls, no strikes. But successful uh, players come in all sizes, don't they? In all shapes. Some are tall and slender. It's still 1-1, the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Yankees are batting at the bottom of the sixth. Pitches down low. Three balls, no strikes. When Dennis worked against Toronto last Sunday, this is what gave him trouble, control. And he walked three in that effort. It's still 1-1, the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Yankees are batting at the bottom of the sixth. Pitches down low. Three balls, no strikes. Dennis worked against Toronto last Sunday. This is what gave him trouble, control. And he walked three in that effort. Well, so far tonight, he's only given up one walk. Pitch outside out of all four. So Mosby is the tie-breaking run now as he goes to first base with one out. And to the plate comes the right-handed bat of Bobby Baylor. Baylor has bounced to short, singled, scored a run, and popped to short again. Dower for the second out of the inning. And now 
here is the aforementioned Paul Hodgson. It is first Major League home run with nobody aboard in the sixth inning to tie the ball game. I mentioned he was from Montreal. Signed a pro contract on his 17th birthday in 77. He had an off-season shoulder operation started his professional career at third base and switched to the outfield. He started with Utica hitting 474 in seven games, then hurt that shoulder sliding into a base. Here's a check swing foul right behind the plate. And the count will be strike one to Hodgson. of the Pioneer League, uh, Paul played for Medicine Hat, and he hit 279. Paul Rangey, right-handed swinger. Tomorrow night, 7.30 game time. Tomorrow night, Steve Stone will be after win number 24 as an Oriole, and we hope that a lot of you can be here to root him on. Martinez, one strike pitch to Hodgson. Here's a foul ball right up the screen and out of play. Two strikes now to Paul. Paul is having an excellent game tonight to go with his first major league home run. He had a single in the second inning. Mosby with a pretty good lead at first base. Two out. And the two-strike pitch, well, it looked like Dempsey wanted a pitch out. Dennis, uh, he didn't get the ball out there far enough, but there wasn't any harm done. He did get it out of the strike zone. Not to do anything with it. And Mosby at first base had no intention of doing it. Now the one-two offering to the right-hand swinging Paul Hodgson. Dennis is taking a long time, now ready to go. He kicks and throws.
college football, uh, one game of note being played on Friday night, that's uh, Albany State of Georgia and Florida A&M. Florida A&M having the better of it late in the third quarter. It's Florida A&M 32, Albany State 2. Outside linebacker Bo Harris, who only Thursday announced his retirement from professional football, was back in the Cincinnati Bengals camp. According to Harris, it was a personal matter. Let's just say I found a way to solve it without retirement. He said, I went in thinking I was going to retire, which I did indeed announce. But he said, course to Greg, that's the Bengals head coach, is very understanding. And he says, uh, I've been there before, so no problem. Let's get on with it. Drivers from all over the country are converging on Pocono International Raceway in preparation for the 30th running of the Cam 2 Race of Champions. Last year's winner, Richie Evans from Rome, New York, leads the field of the nation's outstanding modified drivers. That included Jeff Bodine from the Pleasant Grove, North Carolina, Greg Sachs from New York, Sonny Seaman of Vernon Center, New York, Bone Stevens of Connecticut, and uh, a number of other drivers. The 100-car field includes drivers from Virginia, Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. The fastest 46 cars and time trials in two weeks from the special Sunday morning qualifying races will take the green flag at 1 o'clock Sunday for the 300-lap, 225-mile race on the three-quarter mile oval. The fifth annual mini stock car race of champions will be held on Saturday. Six the assorted modified mini stocks will take the field, representing 17 states and Canada. Bottom of the sixth at Yankee Stadium, all tied up at 1-1 between New York and Boston. They're going into the top of the sixth in Detroit tonight, and the Tigers lead Cleveland 4-3. In Milwaukee, bottom of the fifth, Milwaukee leading Seattle three to nothing. California has a three to two edge over Texas in the bottom of the fifth inning. Oakland and Kansas City at the end of four. Kansas City leads it six to nothing. Chicago's at Minnesota, and many leads uh, Chicago two to one in the bottom of the fifth inning. Chuck, well, here is Doug Defensei in the bottom of the eighth inning. Defensei tonight on a one for three evening. Defensei, Belanger, and Bumbry are the new batters to the left-hander Paul Mirabella. He's done an excellent bit of work to keep into the ball game. Here's a swing and a ground ball down third base side. Powell comes up with, with a nice pickup. The throw to first is in time to get Doug Defensei for the first out of the inning. And on that play, we'll pause for station identification. This is the Orioles Baseball Network. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. ground ball down the third base side, not sharply hit, and Howell came charging down the line. Made a glove hand pick up and a snap throw to first just in time to get to Cincinnati. Now the batter is Belanger. The pitch, low and away, ball one. Mark Walsh had scored when Bumbry hit his ninth home run of the year back in the third inning. Hit into a fourth place, stole the base, and scored again in the fourth inning. Here's a fly ball toward the gap, left center field. Baylor cruises over, and the center fielder makes the catch. Down. Two down, down. The batter's going to be Al Bumbry. Bumbry on a two for three night with two runs batted in and three runs scored plus the stolen base. Bumbry now needs 17 more hits for the 200 mark.
hit three plus inning. Breaking ball hit in the dirt at the second base and comes up in a head high hop. Garcia's throw to first is the final out of the inning. At the end of eight, Orioles five, Toronto five. In the National League, Montreal now leading St. Louis by the score of three to one. Montreal trying to put some distance between it and the rest of the race in the National League East Division. Philadelphia already losing earlier in the day. Philadelphia knocked off by Chicago four to three. Four runs, nine hits, two errors for the Cubs. Three, eight and oh for Philadelphia. Walk, Brewster, and McGraw for Philadelphia. Russell, Tidrow, Hernandez, and Smith for Chicago. Smith got the win. He's 2-0. Brewster, the loser. His record is 2-1. And, and you ask, how well does the last place team, 24 games out of first place, draw on an afternoon? The answer, 4,352 at Wrigley Field. So that loss, Philadelphia at the moment is two games behind Montreal. 79 wins, 67 losses for the Phils, but that'll uh, quite possibly go to two and a half if Montreal hangs in there with that three to one lead over St. Louis and winds up uh, winning this ball game. Should Montreal lose the ball game? Well, then uh, Philadelphia will remain a game and a half back. Pittsburgh is leading New York by the score of four to three. That ball game in the bottom of the sixth at Three Rivers Stadium, Lynch and Miller for New York. Roden is pitching for the Pirates. So Pittsburgh, 4-3 over New York, bottom of the sixth at Pittsburgh. Atlanta and San Diego just getting underway. Alexander against Murrah. Alexander at 13-8. Murrah is 6-7. Later on, Cincinnati at Los Angeles. Houston at San Francisco. Well, we're ready to go now to the uh, top of the ninth inning at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. A 5-5 tie is on the board. And it's been that way since Hodgson's home run back in the sixth inning. And here now is Ernie Witt. Ernie, a left-handed swinger to the right-handed offering of Dennis. Witt has walked, singled, and fly to center field. Now the Martinez pitch to Witt. Here's a high fly ball into center field. Coming on is center fielder Bumbry. And he's there to make the catch for the routine fly for the first out. One away. And the batter now will be Alfredo Griffin. Favoring the line in the left field corner by Gary Renicky. The one-two pitch. 
breaking ball hit of the dirt off the first base side. The attendance at Memorial Stadium tonight, 12,706. Martinez uh, with the arm down, the right-handed throws, just missing, low and outside, trying to hit that outside corner right at the knees, took a little off the pitch, but it was just a bit out of the strike. And the 2-2 pitch. Two Martinez works, popped him up off the third base side, Melanger the shortstop, and the skin of the infield is calling for it. That's the second out of the inning, two down in the top of the ninth. Damaso Garcia, who singled, struck out, and then twice, grounded out to the shortstop, Melanger. Since the home run by Paul Hodgson tied the game in the sixth inning, Dennis has not allowed a base hit. The only man to reach was Boyd Mosby in the eighth inning with a one-out walk. out of the United States Defender Friday in a seesawing America's Cup contest finished after dark under the blue beacons of Coast Guard cutters. Australia nabbed almost in half a minute late at the first mark, expanded it to nearly a minute by the fourth mark, lost it entirely on the next to the last leg, then grabbed it again only a half mile from the finish line. The Aussies have thus knotted the best of seven series at one race apiece. The Art Australia started the fifth downward leg with a 46-second lead. Then in whispering breezes, Freedom crept past Australia to round the final mark with a 21-second advantage. The American 12-meter grabbed the commanding lead on the final upwind leg. But then Australia crawled ahead, tacking a startling 32 times in a dying breeze to win unofficially by a minute with only a few minutes to spare toward the deadline. On the fourth leg, Freedom managed to carve out only one second off the Aussies' 47-second uh, lead, even though the challengers dropped his finicker overboard and lost some ground of his struggle with uh, flailing lines starting that leg. The winds were uh, very light, just six to seven knots. Uh, what a job Dennis Martinez has done from the bullpen so far tonight in relief of Jim Palmer. Five and two-thirds innings, giving up just a run on two hits, striking out two, and walking only one. Look at the scoreboard. They're into the seventh inning at uh, Yankee Stadium tonight. New York and Boston all tied up at 1-1. One, one. Dower's going to lead it off. We go to the bottom of the ninth inning. And back to you, Chuck. Well, here is...
Chris Dowler. Let's take a look at some of those uh, games in the National League. Nothing to report yet on Cincinnati and Los Angeles. They'll not start until 1030. Houston and San Francisco will start at about the same time. So that's another 20 minutes or so. Montreal 3, Cardinals 1. They're in the bottom of the sixth inning. And the pitch to Dower, low and inside for a ball. The Pirates 4, the Mets 3. They have completed seven innings. And this afternoon, the Cubs, with a two-run ninth inning, beat the Phillies 4-3. to three. Now the one nothing pitch to Dower. Here's a line drive in the right field. It's going to drop for the base hit. Mosby started the charge and then decided, wait a minute, I better be sure of this. Dower starts the ninth with a solid shot to right field. His third hit in five trips tonight. And we're going to get Drungo Hayeswood running for Rich Dower. Hayeswood will run. And this is Hayeswood's major league debut. He has never been in a big league ball game and now is running for Rich Dower. Toronto bullpen. They've got uh, Willis, the left-hander, and Barlow, the right-hander, warming. And the batter will be Ken Singleton. Drungo Hayeswood, a young man who has a lot of potential. The set by Mirabella, and the pitch to Singleton had to play for Globe. Ball one. Red Sox and the Yankees, they're now at the bottom of the seventh inning, and it is still the Yankees won, the Red Sox won, to the best of our knowledge, it's Renko and Tion. Now the one nothing pitch. Inside, ball two to Singleton. Two and oh, the count to Singleton, the runner at first base. For Rich Bauer is Drungo Hayeswood. Mirabella ready, the two nothing to Singleton. It's a ball three just outside. Mirabella visibly disturbed over the ball. And uh, Ernie Witt, the uh, catcher, is also doing a little yanking to Palermo. I'll tell you one thing. I have to give this Toronto ball club a lot of credit. They are not the kind of a club that's going to win a championship for a little while. But boy, they have played in great fashion against the Orioles and the Yankees. Three nothing to Singleton. Ball four is too high. Down to second base goes Hayeswood. issued by Mirabella, and now Mark Corey, Mark Corey is going to run for Ken Singleton. Singleton is out of the ball game. Dennis Menke has gone to the mound, and it looks as though he might. Yes, he is. He's going to take the ball from Mirabella, who has given the uh, Toronto Blue Jays a pretty darn good release since tonight in Baltimore. And while the new pitcher makes his way to the mound, let us pause for this message. In case you missed it, here's what happened in the National League on Thursday. Just three games. Houston over Cincinnati 10-2. Atlanta beat San Francisco 2-1. And it was Los Angeles over San Diego 7-3. So after those Thursday games, Montreal leading Philadelphia by a game and a half. Pittsburgh five back. In the West, the Dodgers leading Houston by one. And Cincinnati five and a half back. However, earlier on Friday, Chicago over Philadelphia, 4-3. Smith, the winning pitcher in relief, Brewster, the loser, four runs, nine hits, two errors for the Cubs, 3-8-0 for Philadelphia. The uh, Cubs winning it in the bottom 
of the ninth inning. So at the moment, Philadelphia trails by two games, and that'll fluctuate a half a game either way. Thursday in the American League, Boston 8, Cleveland 3, Baltimore 7, Detroit 3, New York 8-7 to in 13 in the completion of a suspended game over Toronto. And Toronto won the second game 2-1. to Milwaukee took two from Minnesota, Kansas City over California. Texas uh, beat Oakland 10-6, and Chicago dropped Seattle by the score of 5-4. So in the East, New York leading Baltimore by five games. Kansas City has already clinched in the West. Kansas City at the moment leading Oakland by some 17 and a half games. Eagles, four innings plus two batters. They're both his responsibility at first and second. He did not give up a run. He did give up three hits. He struck out three and he walked two. Willis is now into the game and we'll take a look at uh, Mike's record so far. It's 1-0 and oh. in 14 games. His ERA point nine three. He's worked a total of 19 in the third inning. He's given up 14 hits, only two runs. He's only given up the home run pitch one time. He has walked eight while striking out 11. Is in the pitch for the Toronto Blue Jays. There are runners at first and second, pitch runners. Hayeswood is at second base, and Corey is at first. Dower let off the inning with a single. Hayeswood went in to run for him. Single and then went in and walked. Corey went in to run for him. Willis indicates that he's got it out, so as far as warm up activity is concerned, and here comes Eddie. Eddie Murray, the batter, with Oriole runners, Hayeswood, the, the lead runner at Mark Corey running for single in that first base. And Toronto defensively figures that maybe Eddie Murray of the Orioles will go to the front against the left-handed screwball of Mike Willis, the fifth. He takes low ball one. No indication of a bunt from Eddie Murray. Now, the last time I saw Willis against the Orioles was uh, Friday night up in Toronto, the September. He came on in the eighth inning and relief of uh, Joey McLaughlin and did a heck of a job. He gave up only one base hit in an inning and two-thirds. The pit. Ground ball at the third base, but he's got it. They throw the second. That's one on the first. And a double play as Hayeswood moves in to third base. Murray hits into a 5-4-3 double play. And Mike Willis is proving again that he is more than adequate coming out of that bullpen. bottom of the ninth inning with two out in a 5-5-5. Gary Renicky will face Mike Willis. Now Renicky entered the ball game as a pinch batter in the fifth inning was hit by a pitch. Then in the seventh inning he stroked the pitch by Mirabella very well, hit it deep to center and Baylor ran it down. Two out now. Runner at third is uh, Hayeswood. The pitch to Renicky. Fly ball. Center field. Baylor is waiting for it. And the Toronto center fielder wraps it up for the final out. And Willis has throttled the Orioles again at the end of nine. Baltimore five. Toronto five. They're back home, but plenty scared. I'm Keith Berman. The 1,000 residents evacuated from their homes at Damascus, Arkansas, are home again. They're still talking about that overnight fire and explosion that rocked the Titan II missile silo, injuring 22 Air Force personnel. 
No radiation escape, we're told. The Strategic Air Command will neither confirm nor deny an ABC News report that Titan's nuclear warhead was catapulted out of the silo when the explosion occurred. The Pentagon says not to worry, the fail-safe technology worked. In day 321 of the crisis, Muslim militants and members of Iran's parliament will visit the occupied U.S. Embassy Monday to view what they call the evidence of crimes and spying equipment. Effective Monday, an FHA or VA-insured home mortgage loan can cost you 13%. Speaking of homes, Pixar, the legendary Beverly Hills home of silent screen stars Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks was sold today, $5.3 million. Ford Motors recalling 36,000 new model light trucks with four-wheel drive to check out the front and rear drive shaft nuts. Keith Berman, ABC Contemporary News. At Kansas City, the Kansas City Royals and the Oakland A's, after uh, six innings of play, it's can after five innings, it's Kansas City 10, Oakland nothing but the big news. George Brett, first time up, sacrifice fly, no charge to bat. Second time at bat, base hit, batting average and even 400. Second time up, officially, fifth inning, base hit, he's two for two and batting 401. Well, in extra inning ball games this year, the Orioles have had it a little bit tough. They've won four and they have lost six. Uh, the Blue Jays have done a whole lot better in extra inning ball games and played quite a few more. They have won nine and lost six. Kiko Garcia, now the Orioles' second baseman. The new right fielder is Mark Corey. And it'll be Roy Howell against Dennis Martinez in the top of the tenth, and we turn you back to Tom Marr. Thank you, Chuck. Here's the first pitch from Dennis Martinez, swinging a miss at a breaking pitch from Dennis. Dennis has gone five and two-thirds tonight, giving up a run on two hits, striking out two and walking one. He came in this game in relief of Jim Palmer. Howell is the leadoff batter for Toronto. The next pitcher, Martinez, is high, one ball and one strike. Roy tonight is one for four. He singled in the fifth inning. He'll be followed by Mayberry and Steve Braun. Here's the 1-1 pitch to Dennis, and he follows it back. One ball and two strikes to call. Toronto took the early lead 3-1. The Orioles got one back in the first, and they tied it in the uh, Toronto one up in front. Well, we'll get to that in just a moment. We'll Now we have a fan running onto the field towards Doug DeSensei. And now this entire crowd is going to be inconvenient. I was starting to tell you about the scoring. Now the entire crowd is going to be inconvenienced by some dingbat who has just run onto the field, and now he's headed for center field. And I'll tell you what, Baltimore's finest will get the cuffs on him in a few minutes. The Orioles tied the game in the third inning, and Toronto went up in front 4-3, to three, and the... Inning, and the Birds came back to take the lead five to four. Toronto tied it in the sixth inning. Well, we now see that they have that man in custody, and we're ready to get back to the game of baseball. One ball, two strikes to count the house. Dennis down the hill with his next pitch. Swing, and he got a piece of it. One ball and two strikes. A breaking pitch from Dennis Martinez. When Dennis pitched against the Blue Jays at Exhibition Stadium in Toronto last Sunday. He was the loser, and he just was not very effective in that game. Tonight he's been very sharp. Knock on wood. One ball, two strike pitches on the way, and it's lined down into the left field area, and it's a foul ball. Roy Howell goes 
to the opposite field, and that one wasn't far. A foul by too much. Sammy Stewart and Timmy Martinez are warming of the Oriole bullpen. Bobby Brown has hit a home run in the seventh inning with nobody on for the Yankees, and they've taken a two-to-one lead over the Red Sox. The outfield is pretty well spread out against this left-hander. Again, Dennis will come home with a one-two pitch. It's on the way, and there's a looper hit out in the center field. Bumpery charges in, and he'll make the catch. And Howell is the first out in the 10th inning. That'll bring up Mayberry. And Mayberry has a 10-game inning streak on the line tonight. He has not yet extended it to 11. He walked in the first inning and scored a run, popped up in the third, went down on strikes in the fifth, and popped up again in the seventh left-handed batter against the right-handed pitching of Dennis Martinez with one out and nobody on. It's all tied up at 5-5. First pitch is a ball. One ball and no strikes to count. Steve Braun, the designated hitter, is on deck. They play Mayberry to go to right field. One ball pitch, and it's a call strike. One ball and one strike to count. Good heartbreaking stuff from Dennis Martinez. Bobby Brown home run on the seventh, but the, the Yankees up 2-1 against the Red Sox. Here in Baltimore, five runs on 11 hits for the Orioles, five runs on eight hits for the Toronto Blue Jays, and now it looks as if, well, it looks like he might have given him the sun. What do you think, Chuck? He, it, looks, it looks to me as though by Palermo's gesture, he's invited Mayberry to take his act to the dugout. You could misinterpret that gesture, but it looked to me like Palermo was just saying, hey, that's enough. I'm not going to listen anymore. You're gone. Well, the count is one ball and one strike, and by the reaction to the manager, Chuck Bobby Maddox, you know, if he was going to stay in the game, he wouldn't be coming out and put up the beef. But Palermo, you know, usually they'll give the thumb or the direct sign to the dugout. Steve Palermo, just in an underhanded manner, pointed over towards the Toronto dugout, and that looks like it did for Mayberry. But the count of one ball and one strike. I'll say one thing. John didn't put up much of a fuss. He went over and got his say, and now he's slowly walking off the field. And Bobby Maddock is now still going at it with Palambo. He's pointing out, I guess, to the scoreboard. And, you know, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, they're not laying down for anybody. They played the Yankees stuff in Yankee Stadium. They played the Orioles stuff last weekend. Here we are in the 10th inning tonight of a 5-5 game with a big bet. John Mayberry, 26 home runs, gets what I think is a mighty quick thumb in this situation. I don't know about you, Bob, from Palermo, and it seemed to happen to Weaver in Detroit last week, but here's a player who's very important. He must have said something pretty bad. Well, apparently, uh, Mayberry had to say something that would be, you know, really, really uh, uncalled for, or Palermo would not have reacted the way he did. But uh, that's a very difficult... Uh, low for the Blue Jays. Uh, Mayberry just had to say something that was very, very out of line, and Palermo just told him to leave. And it'll be Willie Upshaw. Upshaw will now take over for uh, John Mayberry. Mayberry now is in there with 26 home runs and 77 runs batted in. And now Upshaw will move in. He has yet to hit a home run. He has three runs batted in. He's only been up here for 25 ball games and is hitting 163. Uh, Kansas City's George Brett singled again in the fifth inning. He's now two for two tonight, Tom. 
and the Brett batting average is 401. Boy, that fry advice is really paying off, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently they're listening a little bit, so yeah. Birdmeyer is now pitching for Boston in the seventh inning. Uh, Bobby Brown homered for the Yankees up there to make it now New York 2, Boston 1, and they're still at it in the bottom of the seventh. One ball, one strike, and here is Upshaw against Dennis Martinez. All right, Tom. Dennis will look in to get the sign from Dempsey. Here's the 1-1 pitch to Willie Upshaw, and it's tied two balls and one strike. The Sentry at third for the Orioles, Belanger at short, Kiko Garcia now the second baseman, Eddie Murray at first. Dempsey behind the plate, Graham started the game. Corey's in right field, Mumbry in center field, and Renneke in left. Two-one pitch is on the way to Upshaw, and he fouls one off on the left side. Renneke straight away in left field. Al Bumbery against this left-hander is cut to the left field side, and Corey is playing straight away against Willie Upshaw in right field. John Mayberry has been thrown out of the game. Bumbery with a long look to Dempsey, or rather uh, Martinez, and here's the pitch, and they pop him up to the left side. Belanger is moving over under it, as is Dempsey, and Mark will give way to Doug, and he'll make the catch. Upshaw pops up to descent and you better believe that Bobby Maddock is really doing the slow burn now. Here's a guy with a 10-game hitting streak on the line. Five home runs in 10 games. Hasn't had a hit tonight. Maybe you say he's due. Now, Mayberry must have said something to Steve Palermo. I, I imagine he had to use some kind of profanity to get the thumb that quick. Here's Braun with two outs and nobody on. The Martinez pitches in there for a call strike. One for four, and that one for three with a walk. Dennis is one strike pitch, call strike two. Martinez changes up and brings one in at the letters. Two strikes to count with two outs. Dennis will work again. Here's the pitch, and it's low. One ball, two strikes to count. The Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays all knotted up at five-five. We're in the top of the tenth inning. Pitch, a ground ball foul on the right side. Someone's up in the Oriole bullpen, but I'll tell you what, they're not warming up. They're just standing and looking at what's going on here. Sammy Stewart and Tippy are up. Just keeping an eye. Martinez says sparkled in release tonight. Two outs for the Blue Jays. Braun trying to keep them going here in the 10th inning. The on-deck batter is Mosby. One-two pitch. Low ball two. Two balls and two strikes to come. The starters in this game, Jim Palmer. He has long departed. Here comes a 2-2 delivery. High fly ball right field. Corey going back. Still going back. Home run. Deep run. The lights have not gone up, but they have dimmed somewhat as Braun goes deep. Against Dennis Martinez, the first home run for Braun this year. And the Toronto Blue Jays have taken the lead by a score of 6 to 5. Lloyd Mosby is now the batter. He 
steps in against Dennis. Here's the first pitch to Lloyd. And it's a ball. One ball and no strikes to count. Mosby tonight is one for three. A two-run double. And he's walked. The pitch to him is fouled off. Jackson Todd, the starter for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's had his shower. Jay fan picked a great time to get his first home run. He's not known as a power hitter. Here comes a 1-1 delivery. It's high. Two balls and one strike to come. Dempsey sets the target again for Dennis. Pitch is on the way and a line drive out into left center field. That's going to fall in for a base hit. Big turn by Mosby at first, and he'll get back. So Dennis started the inning, getting Howell on a fly ball to center field. Then Upshaw popped up. Upshaw came in to take the place of John Mayberry, who was thrown out. Braun goes deep to right field. Mosby singles to left center. And now here's pitching coach Ray Miller. And there is activity underway in the Oriole bullpen. Ottawa's taking the lead, 6-5. to five. Six runs on 10 hits for the Blue Jays. And five runs, 11 hits for the Orioles. Well, the birds have come back more than once tonight. They'll have to do it again now. Bob Baylor is up. Baylor grounded out his first time up in the first inning. Then he singled in the fourth, dropped up in the sixth, and lined up in the eighth inning. Gossage is now pitching for New York in the eighth inning. almost gets away from Dempsey. One ball and no strikes to count. The Yankees leading Boston 2-1. to one. I think the best line I heard on Gossett this year was by Lowenstein. They asked him, you know, was that a strike he threw you? And Lowenstein said to him after an appearance here at the stadium, it sounded like a strike. The runner goes. Here's the pitch. It's high. Dempsey fires one off the second base to Garcia and Kiko drops the ball. the pitch. The count is now 2-0 to Bobby Baylor. Credit Mosby with a stolen base. And it's his third on the year. Mosby now in scoring position. 2-0 to count to Baylor. Dennis looks to second. Here's the pitch to Bob Baylor. There's a high fly ball off to left field. Shallow left field. Renneke moves under it. Makes the catch. And that's all for the Toronto Blue Jays. But not before they pick up a run on the drawing home run. The end of nine and a half to score is Toronto six. Baltimore five. All-time money winner spectacular bid is the solid favorite in the field of three for Saturday's Woodward Stakes at New York's Belmont Park. The first leg of the championship series, the Marlboro Cup, Belongs to Winter's Tail, a speedy gelding who captured the event by four and a half lengths two weeks ago. Trainer Bud Delp insists that it doesn't matter whether there are two of 22 horses in the race. He says, we're in great shape and we are ready. The Woodward, a wait-for-age race, should be a three-horse contest between Bid, Winter's Tail, and speedy Dr. Patches. Belmont Stakes winner Temperance Hill is also entered. 
Belmont Stakes winner Temperance Hill is also entered, but will be scratched unless Bid or Winter's Tail are withdrawn first. Linebacker John Mooring cut by the Detroit Lions earlier this season has signed with the injury play Cleveland Browns to fill the vacancy left by Jerry Shirk. Mooring is 6'3", weighs 230, and was released by the Lions after the first regular season game. The 23-year-old was an eighth-round draft pick by Detroit last year. Well, we're going to the bottom of the 10th inning. Before we get there, Maddox, Bobby is out talking to Palermo again, and I would think this gentleman of many years standing in baseball is letting Palermo uh, get a little bit of a blast, and uh, Palermo, of course, who is uh, the umpire with the ability to dispatch players from the game if he thinks that their conduct is, uh, you know, contrary to what it should be. I'm not sure whether Maddox is out of the ball game or not. He might have been thrown out. But the problem for the Orioles is immediate. Uh, they need a run. They need it right now. And it'll be Benny Ayala, Rick Dempsey, and Doug Defense in the bottom of the center against a fellow by the name of Mike Willis, who in his last 12 appearances for the Blue Jays has not given up a run. Put water all over the fire for the Orioles in the ninth. They had runners at first and second. He got Murray to ground into a double play, and then Lowenstein was out on a fly ball to center field. That was the end of that inning. Ayala takes the pitch high. One ball of no strikes to count. The screwballer, Mike Willis to Benny Ayala. Here's the next pitch, and a check swing foul ball back off the screen. He's got a kind of a pitch. If you're sitting up here or in the stands and you see him throw it, you say, gee, I ought to be able to hit that pitch to Kingman Cup. Trouble is, it starts bobbing and floating when it reaches the plate. Well, the Orioles need a run to tie it. Bottom of the tenth inning, one on one. The count to Benny Ayala. Here's the pitch to Benny, and there's a fly ball out to shallow left field. Alfredo Griffin is calling for it. He makes the catch, and Benny Ayala is up number one in the tenth. Pitch to center, the ground ball up 12-30, and it's off his glove out into right center field for a base hit, and Dempsey will go all the way to 
the batter will be Kiko Garcia. And here he comes, and to get back to the action, let's get right back to Tom Moore. Well, here's another guy that has had problems at the bat this year, Kiko Garcia. He's had a horrendous year at the plate, and he certainly is in a position now where he would love to contribute. A 199 hitter with the bases loaded. One out here is the pitch to Kiko, and he fouls one back on the three. Kiko is a 381 hitter. Now, Sensei is at third base. Lee Mays at second, and Bumbry is at first. Wouldn't like Mike Willis like to come up with a pitcher's best friend right now, the double play. The Orioles have tied it up. One strike to count to Kiko. There's no room for Garcia. Fly ball with Tyatt. Here's the pitch to Kiko, and he fouls one off to the right. So the count to Garcia, two strikes. You would say the advantage usually in this situation goes to Mike Willis. Now the Toronto outfield is playing very shallow against Kiko Garcia. They know the fly ball is going to win the game. They're playing shallow and just about straight away against Garcia. They want to try to cut off that run coming home. Two strikes to count to Kiko. Willis is in one way of the jam. Here's the pitch to Garcia, and he bumps down against Desensei, caught up coming home, and Desensei is tagged out. For the second out, Garcia is out on a strikeout. And the squeeze play was on, and Desensei was caught up for the second out. So the lights go out for the Orioles in the 10th inning. At the end of 10, it's Toronto 6 and Baltimore 6. Kansas City, the Royals pretty much putting it to Oakland after six. It's Kansas City 13, Oakland nothing. So the attention, as has been the case for the past several weeks, is focused on George Brett. The first time up, he hit a sacrifice fly, so he was uh, not charged at the time of bat. Second time up, base hit, raised his average to 400. Next time up, base hit, raised his average to 401. Next time up, look, fly out to center field. So now he's two for three. And his average is right at 400. George Brett hitting at 400, two for three. Earlier in that game, Willie Wilson stole his 29th consecutive base for uh, Kansas City. And that uh, establishes a new American League stolen base record for consecutive fields. He uh, established the record of 28 on Thursday. So now he's just surpassed his own record. Elsewhere on the scoreboard, California leading Texas 5-2 in the eighth inning in Arlington. Tanana for California, Matlack and Llewellyn for Texas. Chicago and Minnesota are now in the top of the eighth at uh, Bloomington. Chicago leads it 3-2. Well, we're ready to go to the 11th inning. 6-6 now. The Orioles got the tie run in, and they try desperately to squeeze the winning run home. Garcia just couldn't get the bat on the ball and struck out trying to drop the squeeze spot and they had defense. They hung out the drive between the plate and third base. Now we have some changes in the infield. It'll be Kiko Garcia moving over to shortstop. And at second base, it'll be Len Sakata. Sakata is now at second base. Garcia is now the shortstop. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, one of the reasons that we're still battling in overtime tonight is the young man who's going to lead off the top of the 11th, Paul Hodgson, who hit his first major league home run back in the sixth inning to tie the game. All right. 
Thank you, Chuck. And Hodgson will step in against Dennis Martinez. As Chuck told you, he went deep against Dennis, the first pitcher Martinez, with Ryan Price. The Oriole infield now has Desensi at third. Garcia is at short. Lynn Sakata is at second. And Murray's at first. Pitch was high and tight, Tom, but it nicked the bat foul. So One strike to strike. Delivery. It's low. 
Griffin had a notion to go for it, but didn't. It's the Toronto Blue Jay Club. Well, George Brent struck out. I don't believe that. He's now only batting 399. One-two pitch, a ground ball from. Sometimes you can look at a team like the California Angels when the Orioles face them. They just look like a listless team. They got up for one game here against the Orioles. They played well against them, but when you look at the Blue Jays, it's not a team loaded with superstars and high salaries. A lot of guys trying to survive in the big. One-two delivery to Alfredo Griffin, and it's high. Two balls and two strikes to come. Dempsey thought sure that it was a call strike three. So did Martinez as he broke for the dugout, but Steve Palermo says no way, and there's not much beeping going on. Two balls, two strikes to come to Alfredo. Wants a new baseball. Now Alfredo is batting left-handed, but Corey well off the line at right field. Humphrey cut to the left field side, and Renicky guards the line and left. Two-two pitch. Good-looking breaking pitch, but just a bit out of the Steve Palermo strike zone. So the count goes full. Three balls and two strikes with two outs.
tonight, Alfredo Griffin had 16 stolen bases, but he had been thrown out 23 times. Dennis again looks over the shoulder to Alfredo Griffin. Here's the pitch to Garcia. They pop him up to the left side. It should be no problem for Desense. Should be a piece of cake near the line. Makes the catch and that's it for the Toronto Blue Jays in the 11th. And at the end of 10 and a half from Memorial Stadium, the score continues. Toronto 6 and Baltimore 6. Score in from Milwaukee. The Brewers shutting out Seattle four nothing on a five hit shutout by McClure, who's now four and seven. Four runs, nine hits, and one error for Milwaukee and for Seattle. No runs, five hits, and one error. So Bob McClure with that uh, five hit shutout, four and seven. Rick Honeycutt the starter, and uh, Honeycutt the loser drops nine wins and seventeen losses. As you probably heard uh, from uh, Tom Moore, George Brett struck out in his final uh, time at batter. The last time he was up, that was in the sixth inning, as uh, the Oakland A's and Kansas City Royals are now in the top of the seventh. But Kansas City, with a lot of at-bats for everybody, leading that game 13 and nothing. A single run in the first, five more in the third, four more in the fifth, and three more in the sixth. But Brett is two for four in that game, and he's now dropped to 399. In his first time at bat, he sacrificed. He singled his next two trips and then uh, flied out, and now has just struck out. Well, we go now to the bottom of the 11th inning of Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, and it's a 6-6 six, six tie. Six runs, 10 hits an error, Toronto. Six runs, 13 hits an error, Baltimore. And Mark Corey is going to make his first plate appearance. Corey will be the leadoff hitter, and following him will be Eddie Murray. The mound is uh, the screwball throwing Mike Willis, who believe has shown the Orioles some absolutely stunning relief. Not only here, but up in Toronto the last time we saw him. He did an inning in the third in excellent shape. He has pitched his way out of two nasty jams here tonight in the late innings. Tom? It's the first pitch to Mark Corey, and it's a call strike. Talk about somebody who at 5 o'clock in batting practice can hit the ball a mile and a half and scoring. To mark the next big check swing. A little soft liner out to the first baseman, and Corey is up. Eddie Murray now the batter. Corey lines up. Eddie Murray's up.
kind of lunging with that off-speed stuff that he brings up there. See quite a few check swings. Corey, the first batter, check swing off-liner out to the first baseman upshaw. John Mayberry was thrown out of this game after complaining to Palamo with a 1-1 count. Upshaw came in and popped up. And he's now the first baseman. Eddie now taking his time. One ball and two strikes to count with one out and nobody on. Willis is ready to work. Here comes the one-two delivery fastball on the ground. Through the middle into center field for an Eddie Murray base hit. An Eddie Murray single to center field. Eddie's second hit on the night. And that'll bring up Gary Renick. There's one out and the Birds trying to put this game on ice. again, this time in a close contest at Yankee Stadium. Two to one victory. Franco, the loser, Tion, the winner, and for the Goose Gossage, chalk up save number 29. The Yankees win it two to one. All the more importantly, Orioles win. Look to Murray. Here's the pitch to Renneke, and it's a ball. One ball and no strikes to come. Danny Ayala is the on-deck batter. Renneke came into the game of the fifth inning, was hit by a pitch. Ground ball down the hall of third, the throw to second for one, back to first, and it's in time for the double play. Five, four, three, double play, and at the end of 11 innings, the score is Toronto six, Baltimore six. On the scoreboard, Cleveland and Detroit are now in the top of the ninth at Detroit. Oshinko and Manji for Cleveland, Schratzeter and Lopez for uh, Detroit, and the Tigers lead four to three. Brookens hit his eighth home run of the season for Detroit with one on in the fourth. The line score for the Yankee-Boston game, two runs, seven hits, no errors for New York, one run, eight hits, no errors for Boston. Renko, Bergmeier, and Stanley for Boston. Tion and Gossage for New York. Tion, the winner, seven and nine, 29th save of the season for Gossage. Renko, the loser, he's nine and eight. Brown hit his 12th home run for the Yankees with none on in the seventh. Milwaukee, 4-0 over Seattle. 4-9-1 for Milwaukee. No runs, five hits, and an error for Seattle. Honeycutt and uh, McClure both went the distance. McClure the winner, 4-7. Honeycutt the loser, 9-17. California and Texas are now in the bottom of the ninth at Arlington, and California leads 6-2. Tanana for California, Matlack and Lou Allen for Texas. Oakland and Kansas City are in the bottom of the seventh at Kansas City. The Royals lead 13-0. Kingman, Beard, Jones, and Hamilton for Oakland. Slithor for Kansas City. George Brett is two for four. His batting average right now is at 399. Right now, this pause for station identification. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.
3. In Milwaukee tonight, the Brewers shut out Seattle 4 nothing. In Texas, in the bottom of the ninth, California leads Texas 6-2. At Kansas City, Kansas City, something Oakland, 13 to nothing. Chicago and Minnesota, 7 a half complete. Chicago leads it 3-2. Now, here's Chuck. Thank you, Tom. Here we go. The top of the 12th inning, and the left-handed uh, swinging Roy Howell leading off against Baltimore's Tippy Martinez. Look out. Here's a ball right up under the chin of Roy Howell. He kind of was striding in right over the top of the plate, and Tippy's first offering kind of took off and uh, ran up and in it to Howell, and he seems to be okay, but when you get a pitch like that it's someplace else but Roy got there as quickly as he could ball one Howell tonight has one hit in five trips it was a single to center field back in the fifth inning we're waiting for Roy to you know get everything back together again he's perfectly all right and now we're ready to go now the one nothing pitch it's a swing and a ground ball to the second baseman, Sakata. He makes the pick up and throw, and Howell is the first out of the 12th inning. Now the Yankees have won it over the Red Sox, and they are using a, a formula that Earl Weaver uh, designed uh, last year here in Baltimore. The Yankees tonight call upon that deep depth. Uh, they got the home run from Bobby Brown tonight. Win it 2-1 over the Red Sox. Here now. Upshaw and a strike is called and a check swing. Upshaw started, tried to stop it. Apparently, he did not get it done. One strike is rung up by Palermo, who threw uh, Mayberry out of the ball game back on the tenth inning when Mayberry beat over a called strike. Now a ball is outside to Willis Upshaw. One ball, one strike now to Upshaw. It is only played appearance. Uh, he popped to the third baseman.
2-2. Just a little low. And the count will fill. 3-2. With two out, nobody on in the top of the 12th of the 6-6 tie. Renicky, the Oriole left fielder. A bit toward the gap in left center field is Bumpery against Steve Draw. Down comes the 3-2. Ground ball hit right at the second base of Sakata. He has. Throw to first. The inning is over. Three up, three down at the end of the 11 and a half. Toronto 6, Baltimore 6. Bob McClure tossed a five-hitter, and Ben Ogilvy drove in two runs with a double and a single to give the Milwaukee Brewers a 4-0 victory over Seattle. McClure, making his fourth start after 212 relief appearances, allowed just four singles and one walk to improve his record to 3-1 and one as a starter. He's 4-7 and seven overall. Ogilvy doubled home Milwaukee's final run in the three-run third inning and singled in the Brewers' final run of the game in the fifth. The Brewers got their first two runs in the third on run-scoring singles by Robin Yount and Gorman Thomas. Bobby Brown hit his 12th home run of the season to lead off the seventh inning, snapping a 1-1 tie and giving the New York Yankees a 2-1 victory over Boston. Brown's homer came off Steve Ranko and made a winner of Louis Tion for the first time since June 20th. Tion went seven innings and gave up five hits. He walked one and struck out four. Rich Gossage pitched the last two innings to earn his 29th save and stretch a string of scoreless relief appearances to 17 games.
got Eddie Murray to hit into a double play. And Renicki in a fly ball to center. Here's the point and a foul out of play behind the plate. With one out of the tenth inning, and Toronto leading six to five. Dempsey single to left field. Defense hit what looked like it was going to be a double play ground ball to the glove side of the shortstop. Griffin got there. It carried off the glove and off his shoulder and rolled out of the right center field. Dempsey raced the third. Defense reached Lee May with the pinch hitter, and he hit a ground double over the bag at third and scored. Here's a high fly ball, fairly deep in left field, back to left fielder, near the warning track, and Hodgson is there to make the catch to retire. Benny Ayala. Great sight that is in the ballpark as the ball left the bat. You can just see the crowd getting up on their feet and trying to push and help the ball out of the ballpark. victory without a loss since returning to the Toronto Blue Jays. Now here is Rick Dempsey. He's pitched 19 of the third innings and has given up one home run. Here's a ball one down low to Rick. He kind of squared on the pitch and gave an indication of a bunt. Took it all away. And a one-nothing pitch. Over the outside corner of the letters. One ball, one strike to Dempsey. One out, nobody on. Bottom of the 12th. Five, six, six. The woman's pitch to Dempsey. It's a little over this time. Two balls, two strikes. on the way to Dempsey, a line foul down the left field side is out of play. Steve Stone will be gunning for victory number 24 tomorrow night in this ball yard, 7.30th game time. We hope a lot of you who are unable to be here tonight to see this one between the Orioles and the Blue Jays might be able to make it tomorrow night. If not, Mike Flanagan would love to see you here on Sunday afternoon, which incidentally is going to be Fan Appreciation Day. There'll be a lot of really great gifts given away in the drawing right after the ball game on Sunday. to 
Dempsey. Ground ball, base hit in the hole and on through to left field. Al Dempsey had a base hit to left field the last time he looked at the lefty Mike Willis. Matter of fact, almost the very same spot. And now the batter will be Doug Desenso. In the 10th inning with Dempsey at first and one out. Desenso hit a ground ball a bit to the glove side of Griffin. It looked like it was going to be a double play. Griffin did not come up with it. It carried off his shoulder out of the right center. And that was all the opportunity the Orioles needed to get off the deck and tie the game. A crowd of 12,706 uh, this evening in Baltimore, and most of them are still here. Here's a ball high outside to uh, Doug DeSensei. Doug has one hit tonight and five trips. Works again. Here's a long drive, but it's looking. It may be a foul ball, and it is down on the upper deck of the left field corner. Boy, Defense really jumped on her. He got his pitch and he just overpowered it. Pulled it foul down the left field side into the upper deck. And Doug is walking around talking to himself a little bit right now. That apparently was the kind of a pitch that Defense was hoping for, and he just was out in front of it too much. Uh, big six foot six Mike Barlow throwing out of the Toronto bullpen right now, but Willis has been all the Orioles can handle, believe me. Now the set by Mike and the one one to the Sensei. Fly ball well hit down in the right field corner, chasing over the right fielder. He can't get home run! Home run to Sensei! It just got into the first row of the seat. And just like that, the ball game is over. Dempsey scores the seventh run. Defense with run number eight. He fouled one just a moment ago to left field and now hit a line drive into the corner in right that went into the front row of the seat for Defense's 13th home run and a come from behind eight to six win for the Orioles. Well, that's it. The Orioles win at eight to six. We'll be back with a recap for you right after this message. 